Blog Talk Radio. A year ago, as we began a new season of Kane Sport Live, amid a new era in Miami Hurricane football, this is how we set the tone. There's a new man in town. But now 12 months have passed, and Mark Richt has had a full calendar year to lay down his blueprint and build his roster. The Canes Nation is full of excitement and anticipation. Richt is no longer the new man in town. He is simply just the man. money in the bank and he has a plan as we begin a new season of Canes football and of Canes sport live tonight we begin to see just where it all will take the hurricanes in 2017 
everybody, I'm Gary Foreman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to a new season of Canesport Live, the People's Show, and it promises to be very exciting in more ways than one. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. Those of you who have listened to our show the past few years, you know the drill. If you want to come on the show, you call in, you hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you right in the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in that queue. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. As you would expect, there's quite a few of them, and I'll, what I'll do is as we go through the show, I'll space them in here or there um, as we proceed forward. But I do want to start with the topic of Malik Rozier, who's been named Miami's starting quarterback this year, because so many questions – um, not surprisingly, did have to do with Malik and his prospects for success this season. So let me go through those. I'll address those questions, then we'll get to your phone calls, and we'll touch on all the other topics as we continue on through the show. First question that came in on the message boards at canesport.com, what is the ceiling for Malik Rozier? And that's a really interesting question. You know, what is the ceiling? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think anybody knows. Um, there are some things we do know. He's not as good as Brad Kaya. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, some people might want to have a debate on that subject. I don't know what the basis for that debate would be. Um, Brad Kaya was the starting quarterback for three seasons. Um, never won any championships or anything, but um, he clearly was the best quarterback in the program during those three years. And for the last two, Malik Rozier was his backup. So anybody that's expecting better production out of that position um, is might be setting themselves up for disappointment in all honesty. But I will say this, and I wrote this last week on canesport.com. He starts the year with a clean slate. Uh, Really nobody has any reason for any preconceived uh, opinions or evaluation of Malik and what he does on the football field will define the way he is looked at by the fan base, by the coaches and by everyone else around the country. And um, I think that's all Malik Rozier can hope for right now. Um, he's athletic. He, he can run a little bit. I, I, I think the challenge for him is going to be knowing when to run and when not to run. I don't think they they're looking to turn the offense into Malik Rozier running all over the place on a constant basis. Um, I feel pretty sure of that. They've got a lot of offensive playmakers as everybody knows. And, you know, Malik just has to distribute the ball to the right guy on the right play. And, um, you know, that kind of sounds like I'm calling him a game manager and to a degree he's a game manager with the talent that they have on offense around him. And, just his overall abilities. I, you know, he, he's not never been considered a franchise quarterback. He was very lightly recruited coming out of high school. James Coley identified him as somebody who could develop into um, a contributor to the program. Didn't I? Don't think he really had any preconceived notions of where it was going to go. Uh, liked his skill set, and he and he brought Malik Rozier uh, to Miami. So uh, 
key, I think, is don't try to do too much. But at the same time, like any other football season, there are going to be moments where you need your quarterback to make plays, particularly in the fourth quarter. And that's when Malik Rozier is going to be under the gun. And uh, for this team to fulfill its potential this season, they are going to need him to come through on more of those situations than not. I don't think anyone's sitting around uh, predicting an undefeated season and uh, having those type of expectations on Malik or the team. I, I think you go one game at a time. Obviously, you got a big test at FSU in week three. Um, but even beyond that, there are going to be games this year that are hanging in the balance in the fourth quarter, just like so many of them were last year. And that's when Malik Rozier is going to have to deliver, and that's where he will be defined and where the quarterback position at Miami will be defined in the near term. Um, a lot of people have been talking about Nikozi Perry. Obviously, you see the potential in the young kid. He's just not flat ready to compete yet. Uh, you know, He's been on campus in practice for three weeks on campus a little longer, but in, in real practice for three weeks and just not enough time for him to mount a serious challenge when Mark Richt has other options. And uh, that's why, you know, Malik was clearly better, I think, than Evan Sheriffs throughout the spring and the fall. Uh, he won the job fair and square. He deserves to be the starter. And this is his opportunity from here, we'll have to see where he goes from it. But what's his ceiling? Uh, I don't think we know, but I would just be careful how you define it if you choose to define it. You know, don't create expectations for the kid um, that he just would have no chance to meet and, and set yourself up for disappointment. That's what I'll say on that question. Has he proved on the practice field that he's able to be the quarterback that Miami needs to be to be successful? Uh, yeah, I think at times he has, uh, when you, when you talk to Mark Rick, you hear that he's had great days of practice on many occasions, but there's also been some days that he hasn't been great. And, you know, they, that you maybe would like to feel a little bit more comfortable. And, um, uh, it, it's funny because coach Rick was pretty honest about it. I thought in the last week or so in discussing those scenarios and, you know, it, his son had to catch him one day and say, but yeah, dad, but you know, he still was okay. He was pretty good. Uh, just wasn't as good as he might've been on a day earlier or maybe as good as he might've be a day later. Um, Mark Rick's looking for consistency. He's not um, underselling the chances for this team this year. I think he likes this football team. I think he likes the young talent that they've brought in. Um, I'm sure he privately understands some of the deficiencies that are still in place in this program. I don't think anybody with real knowledge considered this a one-year rebuild for Coach Richt uh, when he took over the program, but they've done a great job. They're recruiting very well. They're managing the roster very well, bringing in a guy like Dee Delaney, who to me maybe is saving the season because you have a guy that you could put out there who doesn't have to come off the football field. He's a fifth year player. He's, he's, he's physically developed. He's, he's older, mature. Uh, to me, D Delaney may have saved in all honesty, may have saved this, this season for the hurricanes because he brings a, a stability to the secondary that really is not very stable around him. You know, you got Jaquan Johnson at safety, who made some nice plays last year as a nickel, but you're asking him to be a full-time safety 
for the first time. He's an undersized safety. How's he going to hold up physically? How's he going to handle having to be out there every single play and, and, and be a top-tier performer now at this stage of his career? You don't know that. Um, you got Sheldrick Redwine uh, at the other safety who's never played safety in his life. Um, and at the other corner, you've, you've got pretty much a tandem of Malik Young, who's, who had, you know, was, was a part-time player last year, had a nice spring, um, and they're going to work in Michael Jackson uh, predominantly on first downs because he's a little bit better tackler and gives them a little bit more stout of a presence on the perimeter against the run game when opponents choose to run on first down. Uh, they're going to try to get maybe 20, 25 snaps a game out of Michael Jackson so they don't have to have uh, Malik Young out there every single play. Because the likelihood that he could hold up under that scenario at this stage of his career, at his size, you know, probably not real strong. I love what the coaches are doing. Um, they have a great plan, in my opinion. That they're they're maximizing the talent that they do have on what is not yet a complete roster, and that's all you can ask as a Hurricane fan, um, a coaching staff that 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 has an idea of what they want to get done and is going out to execute that plan. Um, so I think you could feel comfortable in that regard. Um, I know that I personally have been very impressed by what I see in, in, in that regard. Um, but Dee Delaney, to me, has, the, the, that acquisition from the Citadel has, has really, to me, saved, potentially saved the season because it's going to allow the defense, which everyone knows how good the defense is in the front seven and how deep the defense is in the front seven – to have a chance to maximize its potential because the, the secondary has a chance uh, to be respectable. And, and, and that's all you can ask right now. So um, has Rozier proved on the practice field that he's able to be the quarterback that Miami needs? Yeah, I think he has. He won the job fair and square. And you know now the onus is on Mark Rick to put him in situations where he can be successful. With Malik being named the starter – if the team starts the season 4-0, and would it make sense to redshirt Nikozi Perry and Cade Weldon? Um, and what effect would that have on Arthur Sikowski, the current commit from IMG? You know, we asked Coach Rick today about whether he had redshirt plans for the two freshman quarterbacks. And he kind of intimated that he's going back and forth on it. He doesn't really know what he wants to do there. And I don't know that he has to make a decision today. He can ride this thing out for a few weeks, see how Rosier does as the starter. Um, but if you look at Mark Rick's history, when he had a good freshman quarterback um, that maybe wasn't ready on day one, but was ready in the middle of the season, and he needed that guy then, he didn't hesitate uh, to pull the trigger on that. And Matthew Stafford is now the highest paid quarterback in pro football history with that contract that he signed this week. I think it's something like $27 million a year. So um, obviously he was a great talent and I think believe he started getting playing time in the sixth game of his freshman year and became the starter in the eighth game. Um, so I don't think Mark Rick would hesitate to do the same thing. If Malik is struggling and he feels that Nikozi Perry has surpassed um, Evan Sheriff's, uh, I don't know that he would hesitate there. And so he seems to be staying open to it. Uh, I think we'll get a little bit of a clue, but you hope you'll get a clue here in these first couple weeks. If these games get out of hand, how he manages the rotation of quarterback, does he put Nikozi Perry out there on the field for a few series, um, which would seem to suggest that 
he's not intending to redshirt him, but um, again, I, I just I think it's something that that that's going to play itself out over the course of the first part of the season. Um, in terms of Cade Weldon, I do expect him to be redshirted this year. Um, I, don't, I don't believe there's any suggestions at all that he would play this season. If Miami has 10 plus wins this year and makes it to an advanced level bowl game, do we think Malik Rozier would declare for the National Football League? Wow. Uh, that's really putting the cart before the horse. Uh, first, you've got to win those 10 games, and he's got to really ball out in those 10. Um, I will say this. I will be shocked if it plays out that way and he declares for the National Football League. I think if Miami wins 10-plus games and makes it to an advanced-level bowl game, that that obviously increases the likelihood that Malik Rozier will be the quarterback next season. Um, I would, and I would leave it at that. I, I, I can't even begin to believe that he would go to the National Football League at this point. Um, let me cover a couple other quick questions here, and then we'll get to your calls. Um, who do we project is the toughest competition in the Coastal Division this year? Um, I think you'd have to say Virginia Tech. I, I would circle that Virginia Tech game um, on your calendar. The Hokies have what they feel is an elite defense. They gave Miami fits last year, as you know, had eight sacks in that ball game. You know what kind of coordinator on defense Bud Foster is. They have seven starters back on that side of the ball, and they think they're great. Miami gets them at Hard Rock Stadium. I think it'll be the second biggest game of the year. Um, so circle that one on your calendar. Um, I would say that will be Miami's toughest competition in the Coastal. Um, and then the last question, how many points does the lead need to be against Bethune-Cookman before Coach Mark Richt would feel comfortable putting Evan into the game? Um, my guess is he would love to put Evan into the game in the second half. You know, if Miami's up by three touchdowns, four touchdowns, five touchdowns, um, I'm sure he would love to get Malik Rozier a half. And I think he would love to get Evan Sheriffs a half of football. Um, or at least the better part of a half, if, if he has the opportunity to on Saturday. It, ma it makes all the sense in the world. All right, we'll get to the rest of the questions later in the show. Um, I want to get it out to your phone calls. Again, the phone number, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show been several months since we've done this so i'm sure guys have a lot to say tonight um i have a feeling i know who this first caller is let's go out to the 845 where you are now live on kane sport live how are you doing this evening hi gary how are you doing greg, greg how, how are you doing i knew you'd be first okay long time no speak yes sir um, what do you got what do you got for us make it good entertain the guys all right i just want to say uh uh, this is could be the easiest schedule Miami's had in a long time. I don't see it where they're being underdog in more than one game this year, and that's the FSU game. Yes, if you're looking for my opinion, I'll agree with you. There, there's no doubt about it. Now, you know, is it reality that they're to, to potentially win 11 games? I mean, God, that – I mean, to, if Miami wins 11 games, needless to say, Mark Rick's going to be the national coach of the year. I mean, that would just be, be unfathomable in year two of a rebuild. But you are right. The schedule, when you look at it on paper, it sets up perfectly. He won 13 his second year at Georgia. 
Yeah. I don't think he inherited the same level of rebuild that he inherited here. I mean, look at all the players that have that they had to, that they've had to move out. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, like you know, I don't think they're doing a good I don't think job people understand that this this team has essentially been on probation for six years. I mean, when you look at the attrition of this roster over the last six years, I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. We're running with about seventy-five scholarship players right now. Yeah, but you're really running with a half a football team if you look at it, what's gone on here the last five, six years. Okay. Well, and it's only and it's here. only because of the recruiting area and the way that this program can recruit that you're sitting here talking about in that situation potentially winning ten or eleven games. Because it, oh. because based on what's happened, Greg, this should be a, a six win football team. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's um, amazing. You, you, everyone's sitting around talking about, hey, maybe we'll win 10 or 11 this year. Malik Rozier looked pretty good against Duke when he played that one game. I think he played pretty well, 20 for 27. That's pretty good football. Yes, he did. If, if he gives them that performance every Saturday or and Thursday and, and Friday this year, I think they'll take it. Well. I noticed you didn't mention Javante Dean at all. What's going on with him? He's working hard. He's just, it's taking him time to adjust to this level. Um, Not going as fast as, as maybe everybody thought it would when they signed him. And, you know, I I think a a lot of us, myself included, operated under the assumption that he would be a probable starter on this team. And, you know, I always saw Malik Young as the third corner in, in my eyes. And I thought Dean would come in more more ready to go, and um, it's just it's taking him time. He's not ready. You know, he's not ready to be a starter. Um, I do think they'll try to work him in a little bit, but uh, that's been one of the disappointments of fall camp, uh, just that he that he's not more ready. And and um, they're in a little bit of a bind, the corner. Um, they're they're trying to work through it. Uh, you know, I, I think you know there's been a lot of conversation on the message boards about Michael Jackson. Um, starting the game, I think what the coaches are trying to do is, is come up with a plan to get you know to get them through with the, the limited depth they have at cornerback. And um, Michael Jackson gives them a little bit of a physical presence. Um, he's he's one of the better tacklers at the corner spot. He's a bigger kid. Uh, most of the corners right now are smaller. Um, you know, Deep Delaney's kind of in the middle. Uh, Michael, J- but Michael Jackson's a big corner that that on first down can get a go upfield to make a tackle. So I, I, I think that what they're going to try to do is use him in those situations opposite D Delaney. And then about probably about 60, at least 60% of the plays this season are going to be in nickel situations, you know, on second and third down. And I, I think in those situations that you're going to see Michael Jackson come off the field, assuming everybody stays healthy and it's the way it is now. Um, and that's when you'll see uh, Malik Young and Trajan Bandy, come on the field and, and, and play in, in, in play in the, uh, in the nickel coverage. They also have the option at times if they want to drop Jaquan Johnson down into that nickel role instead of Bandy and bring another safety in the game like Robert Knowles. And, you know, Robert Knowles had some good moments and scrimmages. The coaches started to feel a little bit more comfortable using him. So they really can go either way there. I, I don't think any of it is ideal, but, with as good as Miami is in the front seven and the way they're going to get after the quarterbacks and stuff, uh, I think that they can get 
get by with the second with secondary the way it is. Um, but none of it's ideal. All right. What's with Gerald Willis practicing if he's not going to play this year? And uh, Scott Patchen moving to tight end. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Well, Willis is going to practice with the team. Um, he's you know he's try, he's got some personal business he's got to take care of this year, um, and is hoping to come back and play next year. Um, and that's the the that's the expectation right now is that he will be able to play next year, but he will practice throughout the year. He is still part of the team. He hasn't been hasn't been booted off or anything. Um, probably uh, you know without I mean I'm guessing he has to work on his academics a little bit, but that doesn't mean he can't practice. So he's back out of practice. And uh, we'll be out there through the season. Patchen, I, I, you know, there's a logjam at defensive end. Uh, he, he, you know, he's he's third team. He's not going to get a lot of playing time at the at defensive end. The coaches came to him, and apparently said, "Hey, why don't you try tight end? They have a huge need at tight end. Um, you re- really just have Chris Herndon there, and you know they're not overwhelmed by Michael Urban by any stretch of the imagination, and." I think they're going to give Patchen a chance to be the, the, the backup tight end. And, he'll, you know, and he can help them maybe when they need a second tight end on the goal line uh, with, as a blocker and an aggressive kid. And uh, I love the move. I think it's a great move. I think you see how he does this year. You got the two elite freshmen coming in uh, next year from the recruiting class. And I think you, you, you let him do it this year. You see how he does. And then you evaluate before spring practice. Uh, on just what you want to do. Uh, you know, I think DJ Johnson is going to grow out of the defensive end position. I, I think that by next year, he probably figures to be a defensive tackle. So, you know, maybe that recreates an opportunity for Patchen to go back to defensive end and be in the two deep. Um, you know, we'll see how that goes. But, uh, you know, right now it's a very crowded position. you got a lot of quality there. Um, you got DJ Johnson, you got Garvin, two young freshmen who have come in and, and are doing great. And, uh, the best way Patchen can help this football team this year for sure is as the backup tight end, and maybe he'll do a good job there. We'll see. Uh, my last point, the return game, I think it's going to be a lot more explosive this year with Thomas and Harley and Malik Young. Remember we were at the Under Armour game? You weren't very high on Jeff Thomas. Have you changed your opinion? No, no. I didn't, say I, wasn't high. I, I didn't say I wasn't high on him. I said I thought he was a specialist. I, and I, I thought he had very skinny legs at, at, at that point. Right, he that's what he said. Now, he looked, you know, I'm not, he I, 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 I think, I think he's, he's, he's going to be a very good player. We have to see if he develops into more than a specialist. Um, you know, I think once they get back to full strength on offense – I don't think he's going to be a starter this year. Uh, you know, I, I think he's, he probably will be a specialist this year, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Um, how he does on kick returns, um, I don't think he's at the point as a punt returner yet to where they're, you know, they're, they're going to trust him when the games are on the line. I, I think you're still going to see Braxton Berrios out there. Um, I'm not sure how, you know, we're going to have to see how much they put Mal- Malik Young out there as a kick returner. Uh, as much as they need him at cornerback, I'm not sure that that makes a ton of sense. We'll see. Um, but I, I think everyone just has to remember that, that Harley and Thomas are true freshmen. Okay. And if everything was right in this program, they wouldn't even be thinking about playing right now. And, uh, you know, I, I think you, you, you just have to let it, just let it play out. You know, um, you know, I, I understand like everyone's excited. I mean, it, it, it's, 
for, for obvious reasons. I mean, these are dynamic athletes with a lot of speed who can make plays. But, you know, I think you just got to give them a chance to be kids and, and, and let it play out. Um, don't expect them to go out and have 100-yard receiving games, um, you know, in Tallahassee. Or, or, or anything like that right now. I, I think that, you know, just let them progress at, at whatever pace that is that they progress. But at the same time, regardless, they are going to bring a lot to the offense because they're going to stretch the field. And there, there's going to be times when you see Harley out there out wide and they can't sleep on him. You know, I mean, he's going to be the probably the fastest guy out there and, and he's going to be able to stretch the defense and, and they're going to be able to do a lot of things underneath on his side, whether it's Mark Walton running the ball, catching passes, um, whether it's Chris Herndon dragging underneath, or, or whether it's at times going going deep to you know to Harley and seeing if he can outrun somebody. But uh, they're they're two very impressive athletes, Greg. They're bringing a lot to the team. Um, I just think that you know you can't expect them to be all Americans from day one. All right. All right, Gary, thanks for the time. I'll talk to you next time. All right, Greg, it's a pleasure as always. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Bye now. All right, 563-999-3633 is the number, 563-999-3633. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. Let's go out to the 239 now where you are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, long time, man. Hey, who's this? This is Joe and Fort Myers. Hey, what's up, Joe? Welcome to the show. What's up, man? Yeah, man. Hey, listen, no homo, bro, but I missed you. Let me tell you, I miss. I needed my fix, so. I'm glad <laughs> you to, know, I miss you guys uh, too, but I, you know, I, I, I don't want us to ruin a good thing here. Like, you know, this show is really good, and you guys come with good stuff every week, and a lot of people I listen. I got you. And you know, it's like I, let's keep the quality. You know, but I, I like to do the show when we have a lot to talk about, and. You know, obviously, I think you know, we, we do. have a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we're starting tonight. Um, I wouldn't want to kill the dog days of summer trying to do this show. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But um, a couple of things I want to bring up uh, is the coaching, you know, uh, from top to bottom, from Mark Rigg, you know, every time. See, I'm in Fort Myers. I'm not. I'm away from the area, so I, I I don't get all the local news. And thank God the social media. I follow quite a few different sites, and and so forth. Um, but the reason why I like talking to you is that I feel like you're a little more realist. You know, a lot of people are high on on, on the Mike Harleys and the speed that we have, but you settle them down a little bit, and and they do got to realize, but they do bring in a different dimension. But as far as coaching, from top to bottom, I think we just. With the amount of time that we've had these kids, just the progression uh, through last year from beginning to end, um, you can see how we're improving. Obviously, we had that four-week uh, skid where with the four straight losses, um, we were competitive in three out of the four of those games. But you can see the progression. And then, they, and then the coaching staff had the rhythm going into to, um, to, you know, spring and, and, and summer ball. But one of the things that, that I am that, – that, that, I am more cautious about is unfortunately the play calling. Now I know, you know, Mark Riggs mentioned that he's got some cowwebs and so forth and, you know, but the play calling to me is one of the areas that I do feel that the, the up-tempo taking the long shots, as far as our defense is concerned, Manny's de- Manny Diaz style of defense is just the aggressive style. I really do think it fits our kids. The addition of D Delaney, who is extremely physical, big, fast, 
just like you mentioned, I think I don't think he saved our season, but I think like you mentioned, he did give us um, you know some some other looks that we can do and really put more pressure and takeaways. I think like like uh, Coach Diaz mentioned. Well, here's why he, – he, let me just stop you for a second. Here's why I say he saved the season. If he's not on that roster right now, what in the world are you doing at cornerback? Right. You know, I mean, you, you, you're in trouble. Yeah, the, the, the linebackers have to, have, to, have to help up so much, and that, that kind of, you know, restricts the linemen to, you know, the dogs to be let loose. So I definitely understand. So I, you know, save the season, but I definitely would, 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 would think that he's a key integral part of the success that we're going to have on defense, you know? Um, so that's exciting. But the front line, you know, the front seven, including the linebackers, just are, are extremely phenomenal. They're getting a lot of hype lately, and I hope it doesn't go to their head. So, you know, let's calm down a little bit because we open up with, with, you know, two softies and then we face the big boys. Um, but, you know, Line zero. I mean, uh, Kuligowski. Never heard of him before he came. You know, when when we he became our our lines coach. Did a bit of research. He had some good, you know, good stuff in Missouri. But oh my God, a lot of those guys were there when Diaphano was there, and the leaps that they've made throughout the year and where they are now. I mean, that's that's all coaching there. And then lastly. Yeah, well- uh, um, go ahead. Let me just comment on your comment about the linebackers. I don't think anything's going to those guys' heads. Uh, Shaq Quarterman, way too high character of a kid. There's nothing going to that guy's head. He's made himself better. He's in way better shape. He's dropped his body fat. He's dropped his weight. He's moving better than he ever has. Uh, no issues there. Um, Zach McLeod is one of the hungriest kids on the team. You know, he obviously played it last year as a true freshman, but he didn't even come close Big to maximizing. Boy. Didn't come close to maximizing his potential last year, and I'll tell you right now, he's going to be—he's going to be the kid that's going to surprise the heck out of you. I think you're going to see Zach McLeod start to mushroom into a superstar this year. I, I mean, if, if when people ask me who are the, who are the guys that are that are going to make that big step this year, he's the first one I put on the list. I think he's going to be a great linebacker, and with him and Shaq, and then Pinkney when he gets back and and all the plays that he made last year, he's only going to be better. Um, and then you've got depth behind them for when they're tired. Uh, I, I think the linebacker position is absolutely sensational, um, and I don't think you have to worry about those guys anything going to their heads. Good, good. Well, I agree with you, with McLeod. Unbelievable talent, just, just amazing. Secondary, you know, I agree with everything that you said. You know, um, and I'm pretty excited about our safeties because I think we can stick some people. Going to the office side of the ball with the right receivers, you covered the two freshmen. Um, but I really do believe that Barrios, it's his last year's last go around. I have so, you know, so high expectations for for that young man yep. on what he can do. Not only his leadership, but his work ethic. A great point average. He's got one of the best, best, you know, great point average in, in, in the team. Just very excited. And talking about coaching, you know, the right receiver coach, uh, Dugans, what an amazing job. Our, our people are blocking now. So it, it, it's, just, it's just amazing. Running back with the homer. I think Homer's going to have an outstanding year. I think Walton is, is you know, is going to, going to get the bulk of the carries. But at those blowout games, I really do think it's, it's going to be fun to watch Homer really blow it up. Now, you, you talked about uh, the quarterback position with Rozier. And, and everybody loves, you know, loves a young kid, Perry. You know, specimen, 
a very great kid. But Evan Sheriff's also, you know, competed for that starting job with Rozier. He's no slouch. So I'm very excited with, with either – and they have different elements. But, you know, Rozier has the element of, of running, but I mean, uh, Sheriff's is not a flat-footed kid either. So he can, he can definitely, you know, get out of the pocket and really turn some heads. The tight end position with Herndon, um, I'm, I'm glad. I didn't know about Patchen. So that slipped by me. I didn't realize that, that he crossed over to tight end. So that's exciting. Um, have you heard any pro- progression on, he, on how he's doing? Uh, no, I think it's only been a day or so. Um, so okay. no. Okay. I, I, yeah, it was just, it was just, uh, it was just something that came up today. Gotcha. Special teams. Now, a lot of the, the you know, starters and so forth, Walton plays special teams and so forth. Coverages are, are, are fine. And, there's reason for excitement. Now, I know you cautioned everybody, um, but I really do believe that uh, – and, and Gary, I think his name is, the caller that always calls in first, he, he you know – Greg. He talked about if, if – Greg, I'm sorry, Greg. He talked about if, you know, we do go a 10-11 win season, and he talked about the schedule. We do have a pretty good schedule. Biggest concern out of this whole thing – First one was, was play calling, a little vanilla last year, so hopefully we progress with that. And then when we get slapped in the mouth, you know, we, we had that four-game skid. It didn't seem like we can finish games. You know, now we got tough kids, and, but I was a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit worried with, with the youth of our, of, of, our, of our team and history, even though we finished strong. Uh, when we got popped in the mouth, we didn't respond very well. And that's mm-hmm. all I have to say, man. I miss you, and I look forward to listening to you. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Good one as always. Thanks, man. All right, guys. This next segment of Kane Sport Live is going to be brought to you by thestartup.com, the world's first virtual incubator that's created by Kane's fans to help Kane's fans and their friends and family try to get a break in the competitive business world. The folks at thestartup.com have created a workplace without walls, and an internet-based platform called The Ecosystem, where any current or aspiring entrepreneur, and I know there's a lot of you guys out there that are looking to strike it big in business, where you can go and test your ideas, build your business plans, communicate and strategize with team members, and even forecast and manage your cash flows. The Ecosystem was created to be a command center for the entrepreneur, housing a robust suite of digital tools, for startups and business owners. So visit startup.com today for a free trial. It's one site at one price to rule them all. It's the startup.com. And like I said, created by Canes fans and managed by Canes fans. So that there by itself makes it worth going to see the startup.com. Welcome to Kane sport live. And this next segment is brought to you by them. All right, let's go back to your calls, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go out now to the 786, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Gary, how are you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who's this? This is Everything 305 in the Magic City. Give it a call. What's up, man? Hope you had a good summer. I had a fantastic summer. I had a chance to uh, spend a little time with the family and grandkids and just had a fantastic summer. Very blessed. Very blessed. 
Uh, question for you, Gary. Um, I don't know if you were – I didn't see you out there at Kane's Fest a couple weeks ago, but I had an opportunity to go uh, do the Q&A with Mandy Diaz, and uh, I didn't see you out there, so I just wanted to know if, if you got any feedback from anyone with regards to that uh, that opportunity that you gave the fans. What do you mean? The opportunity uh, on, Manny Di- on Manny Diaz's session with the fans? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was at Kane's Fest. I did not go to that session, so give us a report. Just, just wanted to point out what what an intelligent young man is. This this guy won't be here long. He's such a don't assume a great that. Personality. Very he might be very sincere. he might be here long. I'd love for him to be here for a long time, but I can say that guy that guy has had coach material. There's no question. I've heard a lot of good things about him. I know Dal Dust just a couple years ago looked at him and was thinking about him when he was at LA Tech, but. I was very impressed with him. Uh, from all the assistant coaches I've ever had a chance to either go to a coaching clinic with in the last 10 years, he, he, he was the most impressive one by far. Uh, and I know we're comparing that to, to Al Golden's staff. Man, he was so specific, so energetic, and reminded a lot of this young coach that's at Minnesota now uh, who turned Western Michigan around, P.J. Fleck. A lot of energy. Really, really was impressed with that, with that guy and, I am. I'm just hoping that defense can carry us this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I love Manny. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's really matured as a coach. I think what you guys saw last year was the best of Manny. Um, you know, a lot of people had put knocks on him earlier in his career, maybe gambled a little bit too much. Um, but I think that what Miami has right now is a is a very developed, intelligent defensive coordinator who knows – when to take chances, when not to take chances. He knows how to get the best out of the kids he's coaching. And uh, I'm not so sure that his time at Miami is going to be as short as you think it is. Uh, I, I think it would take – I don't think he takes Valdosta State now. Let, let me put it that way. I mean, you're talking about right. he's, 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 he's living in Miami with his family where he, his family is down here. Uh, their roots are in Miami. And – you know, he, he he's making I, I think like seven hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, which, well, not only that, Gary, he, he's living he's living in one of the premier mansions in all of uh, Coral Gables and Gables by the Sea. Uh, one of the Golden Canes. He's over there, uh, the old place Randy Shannon used to have. So, yeah, he's he's doing very well. He's doing very well. Yeah. So so you know, my my point is like, why would you leave that? to go chase a head coaching job for a few hundred thousand dollars more a year that you don't have a chance to win. You know, I, you don't have a chance to be successful. I mean, you know, if, if, if Alabama wants to call him and say, Hey, come replace Nick Saban. Yeah, he might do that. But like, why would you go take an average head coaching job where you don't have a chance to win and walk away from your dream job as defensive coordinator at Miami, where you're having all kinds of success. The wife is happy. The kids are happy. The the, the parents are happy. I, I personally think Manny Diaz is going to be here for a long time. Uh, we'll see what happens. Somebody, maybe somebody great comes after him. Um, you know, you can look at the Kirby Smart situation when he was at Al- Alabama for all those years. I mean, when he, he, he waited and waited and waited, didn't take bad jobs, and then he finally got the Georgia job. Okay, you know, the Georgia job is worth leaving Alabama for. But, it, it, you know, if this program keeps going the way it looks like it's going and they keep recruiting as well as they're recruiting and they keep getting better and they're a perennial top 10 team again and, and all those things, I, I just think at this stage, having gone through all the changes that he's gone through and all the firings that he's gone through over 19 years as a defensive coordinator, I don't think Manny Diaz, who, who has landed in paradise here and is having the best success of his career here, um, 
I don't think that he's going to be in such a hurry to, to bail. That, that's just my opinion. He makes some great points, Gary. No question. He makes some great points. And the, the, the solid foundation he has here being back home and his family being happy, especially his, his wife and especially his, the grandparents, there's no question. Uh, they're, they're thrilled. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great situation for that family. But along with what he's done, last, what he did last year, and hopefully what he'll do this year, um, the best friend that every defensive coordinator has is an outstanding offensive line. And I'm really hoping that, uh, given the situation we have under center, that our offensive line can come together. And, and unfortunately, we're still not where we need to be with the quality of depth there. Uh, I think you really have like a top four more than anything. Uh, and some people will say it's more like a top three, depending on who you talk to. But uh, eh. the quality of depth isn't there. And the, and the turnover, Gary, the turnover that we had there, and not to say that Sonny – is going to be a first-round pick, but that guy will play in the league. Uh, you know, the Not necessarily. Had there, and, losing, and, and, lose, and losing the running back that we have, uh, I, I think that's the one concern I have going in, is what helps the defense is a solid, consistent running game, an offensive line that can control on a scrimmage. So that's a concern that I have. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but, well, but that's, that's here, concerning. Here's the first thing I'll say. If this team is getting ready to start the season this week, and you have Brad Kaya, Joe Yearby, Gus Edwards, Sonny Adagwu, and Nick Linder on this roster, I think you're legitimately thinking top 10, potentially getting to the playoff. I mean, I think without question, you're thinking 10, 11 wins is without a doubt very well within your reach if you have those guys providing the depth and the quality of quarterback on this team. I mean, th- those were huge, Absolutely. huge losses that didn't have to take place. None of them made any sense. The only one that made sense was David Njoku. And, and, and he went, he was a first-round draft pick, and he should have left. Those other guys, as far as I'm concerned, they bailed on their team because this team was building up and building up and, had, and could be at the point right now where you have the depth potentially to stare Florida State straight in the eye and go up to Tallahassee uh, with full confidence that you're going to beat those guys. You know, I mean, I, now I, I think honestly, you can, though, it, it could still happen, but way. I think you're going to be a touchdown underdog, okay? Um, so that's the first thing I'll say to what you just said is I think that those defections or whatever you want to call them are, were devastating because it, it no didn't question. have to happen and it didn't make sense. No question, and to be brutally honest, I, I can't stand uh, on our message boards and, and just looking at Twitter and, and everything else. In no way did Mark Rick want Brad to leave. He I don't think so. Leave. He'd be way better off if Brad Kaya was out there right now. No Why would he want to? No question, I mean, he would have been way better off and, and would have been able to bring Nikosi nice and smooth, a good, a great year, just like you know the, the typical uh, – RPO quarterback that we see in college football today that's going to make things happen with their legs. They normally get the first year to redshirt, to develop, and to evolve mentally, especially physically. When you look at this kid physically, I mean, it looks like if you sneeze, he's going to fall down. He's not very fit. He's, he's very way better. Thin. He's the best talent, but he's way better off not playing this year. If they could somehow get through the season with Malik Rozier, um, I think it would be phenomenal. He needs that year. And, and here's the next point. 
you know, we start off with your defense, affected by the offensive line, who can go ahead and maintain uh, the flow of the game, control the game, possession. But the big thing that I looked at, if that running game isn't consistent, I don't care who we have under center. We're going to struggle throwing the ball. It's not going to be very difficult to get to the quarterback because you only have so much time. And right now, if that line doesn't dominate with the run game to be able to set up the pass, we're in serious trouble. Yeah, well, you've got the personnel to have a quick passing game if you need to. I don't, I don't know that they're at that point yet. I, I, here's the deal with the offensive line. The first five are okay. Like you, I, you know, I, I think you know Casey McDermott's in the best shape of his career. Uh, if only he had redshirted as a freshman uh, and was a junior yeah. right now. Um, I think it would be great. You know, he goes out, has, has a decent season this year, and then next year he's a monster. Uh, Casey McDermott's going to be the best football player he's been next year when he's trying to make the National Football League. Uh, and that's because the, his career's been mismanaged at Miami. He was forced to play as a freshman, which never should have happened um, for an offensive lineman like that. that. That's just my opinion. But, he, you know, he's in the best shape he's, he, he's ever been in. Trevor Darling has played a lot of football. Um, a lot of football and there, there's no reason that he shouldn't um, have a, have a very solid year this year. Uh, Tyler Gauthier, people I talk to, they think he's going to develop into an NFL center. They really do. They, they you know, um, huge step up from Nick Linder, which is why I think you saw Nick Linder quit because he, I think he knew he, he wasn't beating out Tyler Gauthier. And I think he felt that if he got beat out by Tyler and didn't start at Miami as a senior, that he would absolutely have no chance to play in the NFL. And now that his brother's the highest paid center in pro football history, uh, I think there's you know, obviously a little bit more pressure on him to be successful. And, and I think he, he, that's why he quit. I'm not condoning his quitting. Um, I think it was cowardly. It was horrible. You don't quit on your well, team it, like that. Follows, I don't, you, know, it, you don't quit. Follows- it follows that undertone that we, we yeah. have when you just talked about the 10 kids that, or the seven kids that left. It's, it, it, he falls right in that realm. And it, it's yeah, important. I mean, it, it, ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, it's okay? It's That explains why they couldn't win with Golden because the main guys that were there didn't possess the character that was needed. They really didn't, yeah. Gary. And, really and he did would have been a sixth guy. He would have played plenty this year. Even if he never got the start because nobody got hurt or anything and they didn't need him to start, he would have been the sixth guy. He would have played a ton of football this year. He would have been a very significant part of this team, and he just went and quit, and that was horrible. But Tyler Gauthier, people think, is going to be very serviceable at center, and they think by next year he could develop into a guy that might even get drafted as a center. Okay, So yeah, I, I, I feel comfortable that he'll be okay. Navon Donaldson, uh, Navon Donaldson is as good or better as any freshman that has ever come into this program. Now, and I, and, and that includes Vernon Carey and and and, 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 and Eric Flowers and all the other ones. Okay, Navon Donaldson is, is is as good a freshman as you could hope for. He's a smart kid. He's a motivated kid. He he puts in the time. He wants to be good. He wants to learn. Um, he's gonna have moments where he struggles. He's a freshman. He does. You know, he doesn't belong out there. He, he, you know, he, he, true freshmen don't belong on the at the line of scrimmage coming out of high school and college football. But he's a big kid. If anybody can do it, he can do it. Um, the question is gonna be, does he hold up mentally? I, I think he will have some busts from time to time. But it shouldn't be anything that's disastrous. 
uh, you know, I think he's put a lot of time in and, and is doing relatively well. And then Tyree St. Louis he might be one of the m- more improved players on the team. I think he's going to be rock solid as a right tackle. So the, the first five, I think, are okay. I, I think you're good. Where it gets really ugly is if you have an injury, okay? Because now you got to go to Corey Gaynor, who's a true freshman, or Hayden, who's without question not ready for this, um, and Hayden Mahoney, who – if those other guys don't leave would have fallen under the classification of guys that would never play at Miami. And that, and that's what I would have said. And I'd be getting beat up on the message boards right now because Hayden Mahoney's going to have to play this year. And, Oh, Gary, you said he would never play, but a huge drop off. Okay. When you, if, if, if you got to go to number six and number seven and forget about going deeper than that. Okay. Um, so that's where you're compromised. Okay. If you get one injury, it's going to hurt bad. Might cost you a game or two, maybe. Um, if you get two injuries on the O line, now you're really in trouble, and all bets are off, in my opinion. And and it's you know it's it's one of the spots on the team. Um, I'm working on a column that you'll see on canesport.com on Thursday where I talk about a lot of the what ifs that this team is facing this year. And uh, that without question is, 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 is one of the main ones because uh, they cannot afford to get anybody nicked up on the O line. Gary, before before I, uh, I let you go, Gary, one thing that uh, that always interests me is, and last year I made it clear, you, you just mentioned him earlier, Levon uh, uh, Donaldson. We, I made it clear to you, I felt from the very beginning that he was the number one recruit we had to have in South Florida, and, and, and our number one recruit. Period. This year, when you look at the current class and the kids that they're still looking at, can you name a top five of kids that are the most critical kids that we need to get? Or keep that are on the commit list, either on the commit list or have yet to commit the top five kids that we have to have in this program come December or February. Well, I mean, and you know, I'll start with the commit list. Um, you know, with Will Mallory, the tight end out of Jacksonville, I would certainly put in that classification because you're really going to be hurting the tight end next year. Uh, him and Brevin Jordan from Las Vegas, two tight ends, young. I mean, just absolute stud-looking kids. I mean, I, I was in awe watching Will Mallory um, at Paradise. Um, he was as good as good-looking a high school tight end as I've ever seen. I mean, ever. <laughs> uh, and and I discussed it with Jeremy Shockey afterwards, and he he agreed. Like he he was blown away by the skill set that Will Mallory brings to the table. And obviously, he still has a whole high school season to play, and it should be at a whole nother notch by next fall. Uh, so I would definitely put him on that list. Uh, along with Brevin Jordan, because the, the tight end position is, is so thin. Um, I would put Mark Pope on that list as an, as an elite wide receiver. Um, Gervin Hall, the DB out of West Palm Beach, I think belongs on that list uh, as a guy you wouldn't want to oh. do without. Um, I'll say Sikowski, just because he's your quarterback that you've committed to um, in this class. Uh, Nesta Silvera, defensive tackle kid that looks like he's going to be really, really good. Uh, Lorenzo Lingard, uh, you, you're going to need a replacement more than likely for Mark Walton. Uh, and Lingard should come into the program ready to play as a freshman. Uh, he's, he's an elite level athlete. Um, I would put him on that list for sure. Uh, so those are the guys that stand out the most to me. Maybe Josh Job as well um, but belongs on this list you're talking about. Uh, guys that are not yet committed, um, I think you know, Tyson Campbell, 
uh, it, it would be one <laughs> yeah. that you know I would say that this program needs to get. You know, you can't you know you can't just let all the elite. De- you know, the, you got obviously a lot of good defensive backs committed, um, but I don't think that you know I I think that Tyson Campbell, um, Asante Samuel, um, and Sertain are probably the three that are consensus amongst people around the country, all different schools, all different coaching staffs as being the elite of the elite. And there's a lot of great ones in South Florida next year. A lot of which are coming to Miami. Um, you know, you're, you're not getting certain and you're not getting Samuel. So um, to me, Tyson Campbell is a must in this recruiting class and they're battling it out. I think how the season goes, will will determine a lot of that, but uh uh, so I would put him on that list as well. Uh, I had a chance to talk to a good friend of mine that's still over there at Heritage. And uh, believe it or not, he keeps telling me that Patrick Chetain Jr. has not totally dismissed UM here. Uh, and he has talked, I guess, the kid from the offensive lineman, uh, Herbert, Avery, or whatever that kid's name, I guess they're pretty close. He mentions yeah. LSU. That's like the, the front runner's LSU. But he does love being close being close to his mom. I didn't know that that was a very uh, concrete relationship, but he does, he's very close to her. And yeah, we'll see. He might that, put Miami in his final five. You know, we'll see. But I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, I think the local guy that we've got to get that we don't have, Tyson Campbell, I think he's, he's it. And I, I think the number one local guy that we already have that we got to keep is, is definitely Pope. Pope's the kid that to me is, is a major difference maker. I don't care what school, what level. Uh, I, I haven't seen a kid make plays like that this past weekend against Gibbons. I mean, he was he was triple covered, Gary. Uh, the kid, I mean, and still had a couple of solid receptions and runs, but and a nice return. So I, I I think he's the most explosive and the biggest impact player on the local scene that we've got to get. Uh, and we have him on board now. Hopefully, we can keep him. And the, the last thing, Gary, what kids do you see signing in December? Um, I, I, I think if they don't sign in December, you've got a problem. That's my opinion. With this early signing day, if you've got a kid committed, um, he, he should sign in December. Totally agreed. Gary, thank you for your time. All right, man. Thanks, as always, for the call. You made yeah, had a lot of, a lot of good points, a lot of good questions. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show like Everything 305 just did. He laid a lot on us. I let him stay on for a while, but that's because that was a great call. He made a lot of good points, brought up a lot of good subjects. Let's go out now to the 754. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? How you feeling? It's Jerome. Hey, what's up, Jerome? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready. I'm ready for some football. Yeah. So am I, Gary. So am I. Gary, you point out to the, about the offensive line. Uh, that is, 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 you know, when you think of, when you say the what if, Gary, that you're the problem that you're working on, everything. Gary, I was way ahead of you back in early in this year, and, um, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, Cortero Jenkins, and, and then, you know, the thing with, uh, with, Willard, with, uh, with Willis, rather. And yep. then uh, a, a dog wolf and everything. You know, I was just thinking, man, you know, it, it looked back then, Gary, like, man, we could stare, like you say, stare Florida State in the face, you know. Man, and, that you know, deep like, roster got, got very undeep real quick. It's a shame. Yeah, yeah. 
And that that's the frustrating part about it, Gary. It seemed like when we just about starting to get ready, then all of a sudden the spring, the transfers and all of this stuff and the guys who get booted off the team for whatever reason we lose them, Gary. You know, Giovanni Haskin and whether it's academics or whatever, you know, we, you could have had some depth, you know. You could have had much more depth going into the season, and you feel stronger when you have that depth because, you know, Gary, it's it's a good thing we're playing uh, a, a Bethune-Cookman, working our way up to a tough – because, Gary, we we can't open up with a tough uh, – like, like what Florida State doing with Alabama. You know, when we keep getting eaten up, with, with, with uh, attrition and losing players before we can get uh, the season started, man. It's, 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 it's rather frustrating, man. You know, Brad Kyle, you know, I was, I, that was disappointing. But, you know, at least I look forward with Rozier that when he see a head of uh, uh, a green grass ahead of him, he will take off and use his leg instead of throwing maybe an incomplete pass or forcing the pass, uh, trying to, you know, throw it into a tight window, trusting his arm. And yep. hopefully this guy can balance himself, you know, and just be the game manager and just get the ball to the playmakers and let them do their thing. Uh, but, Gary, this thing about these wide receivers like Harley and Thomas, so much 7-on-7 seven seven is going on. These guys coming into school, you know, about ready with route running, almost like they almost polished somewhat. Some of them are coming in because it's so much seven on seven. Yeah, but now you got and people repetition. taking shots at them at the line of scrimmage. It's an adjustment. They got to, you know, there's going to be a lot that they have to work oh. on to become elite receivers. And I'm not sure they get that look on the practice field either. You know, Miami's time. Yeah, it's still some adjustment. That corner right now. It's still some adjustment, but Gary, you, you're seeing kids ready to play at that position, wide receiver, and yeah. I give that to. So much seven on seven going on. I mean, yeah. you know that that with, with that going on like it is, man. You know the players going to be ready. But Gary, I agree with you about Tyson Campbell, and uh, uh, Gary, I also say the kid Briggs up in Orlando. I think he's another one we need to get uh, uh, for, on the defensive yeah. line, and uh, we, we uh, he's a, he, he's he's another one that we need to get. And uh, as far as offense, Gary, I think. If we can hold on to everybody, we we all right as far as offense. We maybe can add another offensive lineman, but I like the lone skate. I like uh, uh Reed Cleveland Reed. Um, I think we got some bigger, better, stronger offensive linemen that will come in, Gary. You know they they may they they may just need a year, and that's it. And hopefully we'll have it set where we don't have to play them so soon, where they can really develop, like you say, the group to take that next step to be the monsters or the beasts that they can be while they're on the college level, man. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's and that's, and that's that's a good thing. And, then, and, Gary, tell me a little bit about this walk-on running back, and I'll hang up and listen to you. Gary, thank you so much for coming back strong with the Kane Sports, man. It's greatly appreciated. I look forward to meeting you, and, uh, you know, you have a blessed evening. All right, Jerome, thanks. And keep me up. Yeah, will do. Um Walk on running back. Uh, you're talking about uh, Crispian Atkins, uh, who everyone's thinking about right now because uh, Thomas Brown brought him up today and said he might even play ahead of uh, Chuck Gray, which uh, really got everybody in a lather, obviously, because uh, Chuck brings a whole fan club from South Florida 
uh, with him to the U. But um, yeah, you, you know, he's a walk-on. He's he's done some nice things in practice, and and uh, they feel comfortable where they they might put him out there some. It'll be interesting to see um, when you get down to that third tier who they choose to go with. But uh, he's in the mix with uh, Chalk and. You know, Robert Burns is playing catch-up. He's missed so much time, uh, always hurt, but uh, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, Crispian Atkins, you might see him at mop-up time in games. Uh, obviously, the two running backs are going to get the bulk of the meaningful carries are going to be Mark Walton and uh, Travis Homer. Um, so that's where that stands right now. All right, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you would like to come on the show and let's see, let's go out now to the nine one six where you are live on Kane sport live. How are you doing this evening? Yeah. How you doing, man? Doing great. Who's this? Hey, this is Roland, man from New Orleans. Hey, what's up Roland? How are you doing this week? I'm good, man. I'm good. I wanted to ask a couple of questions um, as it relates to uh, at running back uh, depth. So, yeah, of course, you got Mark, Mark, Mark Walkers. What about um, uh, the kid you were just talking about? Not, not the walk-on, not the kid. Um, Burns? Uh, came off, no, no, it came off the ACL injury. Um, oh, man, what's the kid's name? Uh, you said he, he, he won't be uh, – Oh, Chuck, yeah, tra- uh, Gray. Yeah, yeah, Gray. Chuck, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What what uh Freon Gray. Physical, yeah, he's a big physical back. You don't think he's gonna get a lot of playing time? He, he's, having a, he, like, he's not a natural running back. He doesn't have that that's been his problem since day one. He doesn't have natural running back instincts. And uh you know, that's holding him back. Bad in injuries. Uh you know, he he's competing to be third team. But the fact that a walk on's right there with him tells you all you need to know. Man. Okay. Okay. Um, and when you look at uh, Malik um, at, at quarterback, I mean, we, we, I know you've seen him, you know, in, in, in scrimmages and in practice. I mean, what's your overall thoughts? I mean, you think he's a guy that, that's, you know, uh, you know, guy that's going to make many mistakes? Or you think he's strong arm can get the get the, get the ball downfield? He does everything okay. He's got an okay arm. Um, you know, he, he his consistency sometimes is a little off. He'll look great for four plays, and then he'll have a couple plays where he doesn't look so great. And he'll he'll be great on Monday and not great on Tuesday. Uh, you know, it'll depend on what you get what you get on Saturday with with, with him. I mean, he, he I was he's 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 a basic college quarterback. He, I don't think he's going to challenge for any All-American teams or anything like that. But, uh, you know, with all the talent they have around him, I think they can win a lot of games with, with Malik Rozier. Uh, the question I have is when it's the fourth quarter in Tallahassee, is he good enough to get it done in that situation? And that's where I have my biggest questions. And, and I think you're going to have, you know, realistically four or five games this year that are hanging in the balance in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think if you split them, you're about where this team is 18th in the country. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, the, the, this is a team that figures to be somewhere between 10 and 18 in the country. And, uh, so if you, if you could just bat 500 in those situations and he could play well enough in the, in the games that you should win handily, 
um, to get a little bit more of an easier win. Um, I, I think that that's your season, and that's about what everyone's expecting. But the over-under in Vegas is nine. You know, what's interesting, Gary, I was up at uh, some work in uh, Baton Rouge, and I, I was in the, uh, uh, the facility for LSU talking to a number of guys. And, man, I'm telling you, it's a lot of respect for Miami, especially coming, to, I know, for 2018, man. They really feel like, and a lot of people feel like, man, Miami, they, they're doing something really, really, really special. That's good to see, man, you know. Yeah, there there is a lot of respect around the country. You know, you know who, who Paul Feinbaum is? Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, that, that, he's that, the that, the that, announcer uh, on ESPN. The character. Yeah. Character. Well, I want you to listen real quick to what he said last year about Miami and what he's saying this year. Listen to this. I, I think Miami is just an absolutely terrible job. I think this program is bankrupt. Uh, I think it has a delusional fan base thinking that this is the '80s and the '90s and maybe even the early part of the uh, new millennium. I, I don't get it. Uh, I don't know why any coach in their right mind would want this job. Outside the top 15, you're look top 15 rather, you're looking at as a possible playoff contender. Well, I mean, I think you have a couple of possibilities. I actually like Northwestern for, from not even in the pack. I think Louisville, maybe Miami uh, under Mark Rick in year two. They came very close last year. So I think, uh, I think those are a couple. Uh, it's always hard to pick one, but uh, I, 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 think the, I think the U is back. How about that? <laughs> Gary, you know what? You know what, Gary? Just to hear that, that's a total insult. That that's something that that Mark Richard just played in the locker room for the guy. You you're breaking up. Saying, you gotta talk I mean, a little clearer into your phone. I said just the disrespect, man. I mean, you know, in the nineties, two thousand, the eighties, Miami owned college football. Owned it. It wasn't you know, it wasn't the LSU, it wasn't the you know uh, any of the Texas A and M any of these teams, and it's like you know it's been a down. Like you mentioned, you said it was six years of probation. The thing is, and, and the crazy part about it, Gary, no matter where I'm at in the country, everybody knows all Miami needs to do is recruit and keep kids from South Florida, and it's over. That's all they got to do. And before with that clown Al Golden, and that's the past. We're not gonna go to that. You know, we're getting kids from all over over the country, and now. Yeah. Keeping the, keeping the guys within South Florida, and then really getting these guys to understand, you know, work hard and understand Miami football. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to throw a little monkey wrench into what you just said. Yeah, keeping the guys in South Florida is obviously critical for this program. But here's the one problem: you don't get the line of scrimmage taken care of in South Florida. True. Okay, that's true. And and you got to be able to go outside of South Florida. That's true and fill those spots on the offensive and defensive line. And uh, so it, it, it maybe is not quite as easy as people think it is. You've got to have a staff that can go out and recruit those guys. But, you know, that's why you bring Coach Cool in as your defensive line coach because he comes with the yeah. street cred to go out and get you guys like D.J. Johnson and, and, yeah. and those type of kids. And, uh, you know, you've got to be able to do it. And you know that kid Ford? Is he is he, is he, are they gonna, is he gonna play this year? They gonna redshirt? I think he is. Yeah, I, I, I think they feel he's like so they big. can't afford not to play him. He's he. I mean, he, he's huge. Yeah, he's yeah, he's way is he? behind. What is he? What is he? Six, he weighs three hundred and what thirty pounds or something. But he's way, he's way behind. There's no doubt about it. But uh, they're gonna need him more than likely next year. 
and they need to get him some reps this year. So I, I would be surprised if they don't play him this year. Okay. Gotcha. Man, I'm glad you're back on, man. Looking forward to that first game and uh, especially looking forward to that uh, Florida State game in a couple weeks. So just keep me yeah, on hold, man. Be, keep doing... That'll be a great one, oh, no okay. doubt. I'm looking forward to that Definitely. trip also. All right, man. Hey, and thank I'm you for being part of the show. I'm glad what? you played at Paul Feinbaum. Yeah, you like that? Boy, yeah, that's got to be one of the all-time flip-flops, huh? Oh, absolutely. Definitely. No question about it, man. Just keep me on hold. You got it. Thanks for your call. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to take a moment here to talk to you about one of our returning sponsors of Kane Sport Live, and that's Movement. And uh, you guys know Movement. It's MVMT. And, um, you know, the, you remember the story from last year about the two broke college kids that wanted to wear designer watches. They couldn't afford them, so they created Movement, their own company, and they came out with this whole great line of designer watches, and they gave you the great deal on it last fall that I know many of you took advantage of. Well, now they're back. They've already reinvented the watch business by selling direct to you with over a million watches sold to date, and now they're doing it again, except this time they're doing it with, drum roll please, sunglasses and um they were tired of having to pay for those cheaply made throwaway shades that you see when you go to the mall or the overpriced designer sunglasses so they said screw it we're gonna make our own and and they're offering them now to everybody starting at just seventy dollars and um you know i got a pair over the summer they they came in a in a real nice case and i i started wearing them and uh got a lot of great compliments on these movement glasses and um they started just 70 bucks with the option to upgrade to polarized lenses um they're high quality premium acetate frames no cheap plastic anywhere to be found here you got to see them and you can go online to their website at mvmt.com and you can take a look and um they have lots of styles to choose from classic trendy round aviator Mirrored glasses, polarized for him and for her. So, guys, you can buy a pair for your girlfriend or wife. Uh, gals, you can buy one for your husband or boyfriend. And you're sure to find the perfect pair because they have this massive selection to choose from. Well, they got a deal again this year. You can get 15% off these sunglasses today with free shipping and free returns by going to MVMT.com slash canesport that's mvmt.com slash canesport you know mvmt for how they've revolutionized the watch industry well now's the time to check out their sunglasses so go to mvmt.com forward slash canesport and join the movement the way i did this summer i don't think you'll regret making that move their glasses are really sensational all right let's get back to the show Number 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now to the 678 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? I'm good. Who's this? This Kane is Junkie. Can you hear me? Hey, what's up, Junkie? How you doing, man? Man, man I'm good. How you doing? I've been doing good. Had a nice summer. So what you got? 
Well, I have a couple of things, man. A couple of things. Um, some good calls came through. Um, I just had a couple of things with, you know, going on with this team and, you know, with the depth issues that uh, seem like depth issues when you look at it. Um, but when you break it down, um, last year, uh, running back, let's start there, okay? So what? We had Mark Walton with the most of it, the bulk of the carries, and we had, him, you know, Joe Yerby come in and spam a little bit, right? So what we ended up doing is not being able to see Travis Homer and not really having a real change of pace that, you know, Yerby kind of quick. Mark Walton, you know, he he's kind of quick, you know, but, you know, almost the same type of bat. Well, with Homer, what you're going to get is a home run hitter. And so we have a real change of back now. So I think it's like addition by subtracting, you know, so we're trimming the tree. So running back is not really a depth issue, you know, in my opinion. That's an upgrade. Uh, Edwards didn't even play at all. So how did he help us last year to say, hey, we miss him this year? And he was just a body, basically. He was, was he on special teams? What did yeah, no, nah, but he's more than a body. Come on, that's a guy. That guy, you're talking about, he's going to probably start at Rutgers wait, wait, this year. Yeah. I mean, come on. What Gus did he Edwards do last player. year? Huh? I'm saying, what did he do for our team last year? Well, he was the third team back. He didn't do much until late in the year. Exactly. Because so Yerby we... was ahead of him. But Yerby <laughs> did a lot. Come on, junkie. Okay. All right. I mean, okay. I'm saying. I mean, Joe Yearby and Gus Edwards are as good of backups in, uh, as you could expect to have. I mean, if you're, you know, unless many, you're just stacking up elite running backs. I'm saying I didn't see Edwards do much last year, so I was just. He didn't get a chance, how, but that doesn't mean he's not a good player. Exactly. So he did. I mean, he walked right into team. Rutgers and he's starting at Rutgers now. I know a lot of you know a lot of guys will say, "Ah, that's Rutgers. They suck," but. Uh, you know, he's still right. walking in there to a Division One program, and he's the starter. I mean, that's true. But I'm saying in terms of last year, he didn't do anything to help our team. That's all I'm saying. So, but we get No, but he would have helped you this year. Okay. He, he, um, he would be the also, number two back, without question. I mean, that's speculation. I'm saying he did – he didn't – he what Homer is doing now is basically what Edwards did. But a little bit more because he is. Homer hasn't done anything yet. Exactly. He hasn't done and anything Edwards yet. Didn't do anything last year. So but what I'm saying that, is Homer definitely hasn't done anything. Edwards, at least, had played a lot of football before last year. It, it wasn't under Mark Rick, but he had played a lot of football. All right. Um, I mean, you, okay. you know what you have there. You do not know what you have with Travis Homer. I don't care what anybody says on the message boards. We have not seen one thing yet when a game is being played. And we're not going to be able to judge on Bethune-Cookman Saturday. We're going to have to wait till the real games start. But we have no idea. He might be phenomenal. He might turn out to be great, Chunky. But but we don't know. He does have – he has explosion. We know that if he doesn't play at all, we can just go back and look at all the numbers. He can definitely get out of here and run a touchdown from a long distance at any moment. Edwards couldn't do that. If he played 10 years, he still couldn't give you a home run hitter like Homer. Right. Nobody has it, he, but he had better, he had running back instincts. Okay, I'm, we, we have okay. to see if, we have to see if Homer has those. We don't know yet. I, okay, I give you that, but that's you know. So really, depth wise, we really we only played two running backs last year, right? 
Can we agree to yeah. say yes? We well, that's okay. that's basically their philosophy. They're, they're, you know, give one guy seventeen to twenty carries and give the other guy ten. Right. So we're not really missing much with Edwards. Is my point. So that we don't have to say. Yeah, hey, you are. We could win eleven you're, games if we had you're missing, back when we only playing two. You're missing a backup that you could put in the game and feel and feel comfortable that you're not having an enormous drop off. That's what you're missing. You don't have that comfort, that security blanket yet with anybody else on the roster. Not with Chalk. Right. Now not with Travis Homer. Pre- he was a he's a very explosive athlete, was great on special teams last year. But you don't know what kind of running back you have yet, is what I'm saying. All right. And and would you agree that we didn't know what type of running back we had with Edwards post foot injury? Okay. I mean, yeah, post foot foot injury, you could say that. But we were acting like we are really missing something by him being gone. I call it trimming the tree. I call it addition by subtracting, really. Because now but, we but, get a chance to see Homer because we would have – we almost would have corporate – Edwards into the second team because of everything you just said. Oh, junk, you have more junk, running back experience. Both, You're a bigger bat. Right junkie. or wrong? Well, here's what I'm going to say. You could have Joe Yearby okay. and Gus Edwards on this team. There's no reason that they're not. They should both be there. And I, my opinion, and it's an opinion, would be that this team would what? be significantly better than it is if those two guys were backing up the running back position. I mean, I'm not – I'm not counting Yearby because Yearby played last year. I'm saying yeah, Gus But he Edwards. still could have come back. He left for no reason. Uh, for no reason or for a, a reason? For no real reason. <laughs> that we might not have seen. Like, we well, probably I'm don't sure he know. was thinking he was going to go into the NFL and make some money, but that you know that was not reality. Um, and, and he could have stayed at Y'all UM and been, take, and been taken care of by UM for another year. So – he should he should be on this team. But he had no reason. Okay, he had no reason to leave, and he left. And by coincidence, Homer is the second team running back. Well, because the other two guys left. If those two guys were here, he wouldn't be the second team running back. <laughs> okay. All right, um, junkie, move also, on. Next subject. What yeah, else you next, got? Next subject. Um, this is is the is another key. Um, um, with with coaching and with everything, we you know we call our team a rebuild team. Um, but last year is actually the year I considered it to be the rebuild team, and we went toe to toe with Florida State. Right now, what we do this year, and the pattern that we're seeing with with Coach Rick with Coach Cool. Is okay. We lost Jenkins. We moved Bethel to the DT spot, right? Mm-hmm. So now what we're doing is upgrading speed, athleticism, right? You'll On see. the D line. So that's another. Jenkins that's another one. Also, same same situation, junkie. Addition, same situation. We're hoping that Pat Bethel can play as good as those other guys and be a, a, a high quality backup. Well, we we're deem, we're saying that uh, Norton and and um, Matt are going to be possibly gone to the NFL, which means they will play a lot of time, right? And then well, those guys are a whole other level than the backups. Let's be honest. Now, exactly. 
we don't know yet that they're going to go to the National Football League. Uh, you know, a lot of people are speculating that they might develop to that point. But neither one of those two guys is considered even the best defensive tackle in the ACC at this point. So, you know, are they going to be first-round draft picks, you know, four months from now? Maybe. You know, are both going to be first-round draft picks four months from now? Maybe, but I don't think that's a guarantee. But, um, you know, obviously people are trying to project them to be at those level players. And and after another year working with Coach Paul, maybe they are. Huh? But why would people just be projecting them to go early and be projecting them to be high round picks, project, projecting them to have because great? That's what, that's what people just, do, but you don't hear running? NFL. You don't hear NFL people saying that. I'm saying, but why aren't why weren't um, they uh, projecting Jenkins to do that in Moulton? Because they're not. They're, these guys are better than those two guys. You're talking about so two guys that won't eat players, that players, right? You're talking about two guys that probably won't even get drafted. Junkie, come on, man. But I'm just saying Moten, we're talking Moten about Moten and Jenkins probably players. won't even get drafted. <laughs> I mean, these two guys are going to be these two guys are dudes. I mean, they're going to get drafted. The question is, are they going to be ranked high enough after their junior year to leave and go to the NFL early, or are they going to make the same mistake that the other guys made and potentially be second or third round draft picks and leave bundles of potential money on the table by rushing out? Well, you know, you, you got to hope huh? that doesn't happen. If they're first round draft picks, they should go. If they're not, they should come right. back for their senior. I mean, okay. Mark Wallen's going to be that, different. Mark Wallen's a running back. It's a different deal. Yeah, but what my point is they have to, to, to get that kind of buzz. You had to do something. You know, like they're not giving them that type of buzz and putting them I on I think they showed a lot of potential last year. Just for taking a shot in the dark. You know, I don't know that they were at the right. point last year where people had a game plan for them. I think they will a little bit this year. You know, I, I oh, think that there'll oh, be another I, step I better. I you, Florida State, better game plan for him because I doubt that Francois can take another beating like he took last year. And yeah. that well, remember you got to deal with difference. Mr. Joe Jackson also if you're Florida State, so you can't game plan for everybody. That's my point. And when we have people people like that, and when we have three freshman linebackers who, who had a chance to grow up, and and now they're sophomores. Who, who grew up and had to play in the fire, I don't consider us rebuilding anymore because now these guys are going – they're transitioning into studs now. See, they grew up last year when we were rebuilding, yeah, but the, we had Kaya. The, the so defense? That was, he was able to mask the, the rebuild. Now we the have def- guys who are projecting to leave college early on our defensive line now. The, the right? defensive front seven is starting to look like you would want – your program to look like. To win a and Miami will truly be back when it's like that every year, like it used to be. Right. Okay, and then that, my next point is, now with the infusion of the young kids, you know, yeah, they're freshmen, but one thing about it, you know, Travis Benjamin, he was a young kid when he went up there and torched. But now, Armand Richards, Mike Harley, and uh, Tommy. All can run like Travis Benjamin. So now we go from one Travis Benjamin to three on the field and with a Travis Homer. You see what we just did? <laughs> you see what we just did, Gary, the master rebuild? So that's why I don't want to call it a rebuild. And then let let, it, let it happen, Junkie. Let it happen. You're t- you're two of the three haven't, have yet to play one second of college football. So like, Gary, you know you don't have to – 
You don't have to be a senior to run a 4-3. You don't have to be a senior to, to make people miss in space and to go to the house. It, you don't have to be old to do that. Santana wasn't old. Roscoe wasn't old. Benjamin wasn't old. When you have that kind of speed, you just put that person on the field, and he's already seasoned. Because if you don't give him, you don't give him a cushion, and he runs by you, it's a touchdown, regardless of his classification. So that's my point. We didn't have that before, and now we had to rely on Kaya sitting in the pocket. If you, if it's a pocket, which we know it wouldn't be, because our O line was suffering. Now our O line, if you send pressure. You better make sure you got somebody over there who can cover because a quick slant can kill you now. Well, before a quick slant. Yeah, and I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. Now a quick slant is a touchdown if your men aren't in play. And now my my last point, the schedule. We had a gauntlet last October that Alabama would have lost two games probably, uh, at least one or two, if they had to play that same schedule. Now you give us Toledo. You give us Arc State, you give us Bethune, you give us VA still, you give us Duke, you give us Georgia Tech, uh, V Tech got to come to us, and you give us Syracuse, all right? Pitt and a Notre Dame team that will be breaking in a, a quarterback who's a red shirt freshman. On paper, yeah, it looks great, doesn't it? Or 11 wins on that schedule. I, I see a lot well, of wins I, on that schedule. I, yeah, I see I see a lot. I agree. A red shirt junior quarterback. Now he might not have the numbers that Kaya has, but he's a junior. And thing is he, he he's been around long enough that he can make solid plays and what he can do that Kaya couldn't do is keep the drive alive with his feet. It's gonna keep D Ryman on the field, it's gonna keep him sucking wind and keep him bringing in and out and rotating. And so they're going to be the ones who need the depth because when you got a quarterback who can move the chain with his feet and now you have to set back up, Gary, and play four more downs, you know what that does to the D-line? Yep. What that does to the secondary because I play cornerback. And when you have to – you keep lining up, right, and, and Mike Harley and Thomas and Amar Richards running down the, the field all the time, yeah, you might be you a play cornerback. You were a corner? Yeah. Yeah, how fast I'm were you? How fast? You right you? How, how fast? What, what right kind of forty now. time did you run? Man, I was I wasn't fast. I, my my best forty. Uh, po- well, high school I ran. I played tailback, so my forty time in high school was like mid four four, like four four six range. You ran four College, four six. I was four in, in high school. Yeah, but I was right. only, I was a buck seventy. But in college, I I bumped up to like one eighty five, one ninety. In that range, and you know, so I was like four or five, five in that range. But All right, so let's is, say let's say you're lining up. Let's say you're lining up, and you got Mike Harley opposite you, and you got to cover Mike Harley. What would you What would you do as a cornerback? Well, initially, what I would think is, I would first I would look at the formation because if I can go up to the line and jam him, that's what I want to do. I want to put my hands on him and slow him down. But Correct. Mark Rick, if Mark Rick is the coordinator that he should be, year two, he knows what he has. He 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 has a feel for his team now. He understands personnel. He understands what guys can do now. He's gonna definitely get guys moving, so you can't put hands on them. 
And when you can't put hands on, oh, I forgot, Barrios, another 4 4 guy. Just remember, when they get to full speed, your starting receivers are Barrios, Cager, and Amon Richards. Okay, that, that's number one. I mean, so, those are your that's, starters. That's, that's depth chart going into the first game. I understand, but, but you know, but, but you made the, the point I was looking for you to make, which you made, was that the first thing you would do is you would make you would make sure you get a jam, right? So if I'm, if I'm able so, to, yeah. So what so what I'm saying is. That before guys like, a guy like Harley can become a superstar at the college level, he's going to have to get developed physically, and he's going to have to learn how to deal with that type of physicality. And I'm not sure he's, that those are the looks they're getting on the practice field right now with the personnel that Miami has at corner. So uh, the reason I'm like just throwing up a little bit of a caution flag a little bit is I, I feel these kids have a ton to learn. Um, and, and that there's, you know, that there's going to be a growth process for them and, and they're going to be spotted in here or there. Mark Rick's going to look to get them involved in the game plan. He's going to look to use their speed to stretch the defense and all of that. Um, I just, I don't know. And maybe I'll end up being wrong and it, and it will be great for everybody. Of course. I, I just don't know that expecting these, these small receivers to come out here and do what Amon Richards did last year. I just don't know that that's realistic, but we'll see. Maybe maybe it happens. But, yeah. I mean, it'll be a beautiful but thing to watch the, if it does. Right, but here's another thing. How many secondaries do we play that look like Florida State? I mean, you of course, but, Florida State. But you do have bigger, more developed athletes is what I'm saying. You know, Virginia right, Tech. But, Virginia Tech is has has a very good secondary. Florida State will have a very good secondary, and th- there there will be other teams that Miami plays this year. Uh, I haven't studied everybody's secondary, but who will have some bigger, more physical type of kids? They may not be as fast. You know, they may run four six instead of four four, but guys that could be physical at the line of scrimmage for a couple of seconds, you know, so, so we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. I, I think that those guys will have good freshman years. I think they'll be, they'll be worked in um, as coach Rick can work them in. Um, but I think this team will make its money with um, Amon Richards and Braxton Barrios and Lawrence Cager. That's the way it looks right now. Those are your three, okay. those are your three real starters. But- but guys, you know what guys do, Gary? They they get scouting reports, and and they don't. When the first thing they do when they see the scouting report, they look at the people who can beat you and score touchdowns on you. And when they get our scouting report and they see guys who they're gonna see them play, and they can see guys that take little bubble passes, little hitch passes, little quick slants to the house. That's yep. going to make your game plan change. And now, don't forget Amar Richards is still out there with Cajun, with Barrios. So now it's like, okay, do we want to try to go man-to-man across the front and in the slot with these guys when we still have Mark Walton to deal with, who's gonna, who, in my opinion, is going to have a, an incredible season. I'm looking for him to at least, at least have 1,300 rushing yards. Um, and then a guy like Travis Homer, who, when you put him in the game, even the play he fumbled, man, the hit, the explosion when he hit the hole, man. When you when you have it, wait wait wait, wait time out field, time out. What explosion? What, what hole have you seen him hit with explosion? The play he fumbled the ball. I can't remember what game he was playing, but he he came through the hole. It was like his first carry. 
I can't remember what game it is. I, I want to get the tape. I want to. I want to see if I have because I record the games. I want to see if I have it recorded. When he when he ran, he hit the hole and the ball popped up in the air like his first carry, the first time he touched the ball. But the way he exploded through the hole is once explosion can't be replaced. It can't be coached and it can't be ignored. When you can hit the hole and you out of there, when you on your secondary, people, when as soon as you get the ball and you already in the secondary looking at the safety, you got Darren James. They calling him Sean Taylor. Okay, yeah, right. He's gonna have to show what he can do when that when that running back is looking at him as soon as he gets the ball. Now, if you're gonna play him down in the box, because you're gonna have to make a choice because we got too much speed out here for you to just feel confident in all your cornerbacks. Yeah, McFadden's over here. But you're going to still have to play some type of shell because you're not going to be able to line up across the board with us now because we don't, we're not running out uh, uh, herb waters. Uh, we're not running out um, all right, race all right, lines. All right, Junkie, hey, just so we can let some other people okay. get on, let's just, agree, let's just agree that all these young kids that can run like the wind are going to bring a lot of excitement. To, 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 no right. matter what happens, and they're going to bring a lot of excitement to the too, table. Man. Yeah, all right. it's going to be it's, it's going to be great. I just <laughs> I just caution anybody who expects them to be all Americans coming out of the gate here. You know, it's I, I, I mean, I mean Amon Richards is the uh, all Americans, so you know, the blueprint. Amon Richards is a, is a whole different beast, man. He's twice the size as these guys. Amon Richards okay, is a proto is a prototype so you receiver. Put it, so you're putting too much stock in size. Oh my God, are you kidding stock, me? Stock in size. Like, you, are you a are, are you a dolphin are you a dolphin fan? The Anthony Thomas. Do you watch the Dolphins? The Anthony Just, Thomas was no. I'm a Bucks fan. Do you watch the Dolphins? No, I watch the Bucks. The Bucks All right, is my well, team. I was going to give you an example. You know, Jarvis, Landry, Jarvis Landry is obviously a great receiver, right? Everything. I mean, but this Devontae Parker kid has his act together now, and I don't know if you've been watching them this preseason. I mean, he is a whole different animal, okay? I mean, you're talking about radius, um, being able to go up and get balls. I mean, you're talking about a whole different deal with receivers like that, like Amon Richards. Did you see how high he jumped on that one play last year? Where where the guy went tried to tackle, went down to tackle him in the knees and he went airborne. I mean, but who the best talk, I mean, seriously, you're team. talking about a whole different different dude now, okay? So anyway, but it's we'll, we'll agree. I, I'm in total agreement with you. It's very exciting. They needed to get more speed on the roster. They did. These young kids. I mean, you see, they're 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 walking in as true freshmen and they're they're being counted on immediately. So that tells you something right there. Um, you know, a lot of talent, a lot of ability and speed. It's going to be very exciting, and um, I know you'll be enjoying it as Subtle much as quickness. I will. So quickness give me a call next and, week. Brother. Let me let some other people get uh, on, all right? Give us a call next week. We'll talk about the Bethune game. Keep me on hold. You got it, Junkie. Thank you, man. Thanks for the call. All right, let me take a moment here to get to a couple more of these questions that came in on um, the message boards at canesport.com. What record do the Canes need this year to hold this top – five recruiting class. Well, right now it's top two, but recruiting class together. Um, and is this class the program changing class that everyone's been waiting on for years? You know, a lot of people have been saying this, that Miami better win nine or 10 games this year, or this recruiting class is going to fall apart. And, you know, I don't know that I agree with that. You know, I, it just seems to me like most of the guys that are committed right now, 
are appearing pretty solid. I mean, a couple of them have floated around a little bit this summer and seem to be staying on board. So, I mean, obviously, if things totally fall apart and it's Panic City and Coral Gables, that might compromise things a little bit. But, but, but I, I don't think that you know whether you win nine, ten, eleven is really going to change the recruiting class much. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm looking at it too favorably and optimistically. But I, I think that this class is, is pretty solid. I think the coaches have done a phenomenal job of getting these kids to bond with each other through online chats, through spending a lot of time together on campus um, and, and things like that by, by developing relationships. Uh, it's about as good of a recruiting job as I've ever seen, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and I like the way they're working a year ahead. Like, you know, now they're, they're, they're starting to focus on 2019, even though they're still recruiting 2018. Um, you know, they got, this, they got this thing humming the way you want it to right now, no doubt about it. Um, so, but maybe I'm too optimistic, but I don't, I don't think, you know, unless things really get bad and totally fall apart that the, the recruiting class is going to be hanging by a string on how many victories there are this year. Uh, another question, who do we think wins the Bama FSU game? I'll tell you, I still think Bama. I know they've gone through some coaching upheaval and stuff in, in, in the last, uh, nine months or so. Uh, and it's not as well-oiled of a machine as maybe it has been at times during Nick Saban's tenure there. I think their roster is still pretty damn good. And, and, and even though Florida state has recruited well, um, I don't know that, that they're going to be able to, to match Alabama. Uh, we'll see if they do. That's obviously a good thing for FSU, but I, I just think Bama still has a loaded roster. There's a reason why they're the preseason number one. And, um, I'm expecting Bama to win that game, uh, but you know we'll see what happens. I'm not going to name a score or anything like that, but uh, I'm expecting Bama to win that game. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three is the number five six three nine 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 three six three three. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now out to the two four zero where you are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's going on, Gary? This is D Black. D Black, how you been, buddy? I've been all right, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. What you got great, for us? Great. Um, a couple, uh, not too much, you know, not too much until the season start. But um, hey, like to the one caller, one caller, he made a made a reference to the Cozy Perry stature and his size, and saying how small he was. You know, I, I want him to remember Coach Mark, Mark Rip, Coach the quarterback, who wasn't as tall or as, or as big as a starter, and he won the Heisman. His name was Charlie Ward, and he wasn't that big of a quarterback, but he could damn sure play. So we need to stop putting so much emphasis in this stature and size and height, because Santana Moss wasn't a big receiver, but that but he can sure enough ball. He can ball out. Charlie Ward can ball out. See, everybody got this fixation size because of what Alabama puts out on the field. We got to get that out of our mind. If you could play football, play football. Barry Sanders was only 5'8", 200 and like five pounds. Emmitt Smith was 5'9", 200-something pounds, ran a 4'5", 4'6". We got to – the big receivers are 
an anomaly. You you know, hey, if you're big and you can run, that's great. Amon Richards, special. But didn't nobody know he was going to be that coming in. Nobody knew he was going to do what he did until he did it. So I'm not expecting those freshman receivers to be all Americans. No, not at all. Not one bit. But if they can get in here and they can play and they can help help the team out, that's all I'm asking for. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, just fixate on this size thing, this size and this height and this. It, it helps in certain positions. It's important. Certain positions, yeah, it's important to have height. Yes, receiver, that's uh, a toss-up because you got a lot of receivers that aren't that high, tall in the NFL that are some of your best receivers. Ali, uh, Antoine Brown, uh, Antonio Brown, excuse me, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Odell Beckham, he's maybe six feet. I mean, so, you, you know, you, you don't have receivers over – you don't have – you know, you got receivers under six feet that are balling. Steve Smith that played for Carolina and the Ravens, he was a baller. So – we can't keep putting a lot of emphasis on this size, you know. Like Miami, let's let's think, Gary. Well, you, you would know, like D Black, Miami's though, biggest I mean, receiver. Would you agree? Wait one second, D Black. Would you agree or disagree that it might be a, a, a shade unrealistic to be anointing, you know, 155, 160 pound receivers as true freshmen to to be at say the level Amon Richards was last year, for example. Oh, no, yeah, that's definitely unrealistic. I'm not I'm, – hey, I'm not saying that. Yeah, you that know? Yeah. I'm not saying that, that. that. That's my that's my point. Like, and, and, and listen, you know, I, I mean, any of us would – you know, we'll take it right now if they can do it. I just don't know that it's reality. I, I, I think that, you know, what reality is is they stretch the field. I, I think reality is that you look for opportunities to get them the ball in space and let them do their thing, but that's not going to be the staple of your offense. Uh, that's what I'm No, expecting. not at all. That's what I'm expecting. Not at all. I'm Those... expecting them to be what I call specialists, which is which is there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's no, nothing wrong with it at all. And then you give them a year in, or you give them a whole year in the off season conditioning program where they can build strength and build size. Yeah, you, know you should saying? see what you, I mean. You don't have body. the frame of reference that I do, but Jeff Thomas, for example, where he's coming nine months. Right is amazing. I mean, you should see this kid physically right. now. He, he, I mean, and, and a year from now, he'll be even further along. Exactly. So I'm not expecting him to be an All-American. I'm not expecting none of that. I'm just expecting him to contribute. You know what I'm saying? Stress the field out a little bit to open things up underneath for the tight ends and them other receivers that's doing them underneath routes. Open it up just a little bit. I'm not expecting him to come in and be an Amal Richards. Amal Richards was a he was a, a, a phenom. He, he was a phenom. And I'm not sure these two guys are that yet. But, hey, they haven't played the game yet. So I'm not going to say that they are. I'm not going to say that they're not. Um, D. Delaney, I agree, I agree with everything you said on him. I, I researched him. I, I looked at film on him. He's very serviceable. He's very good. He's physical, and he, and he, and he helps out at corner. I agree with everything yeah, that I you said. Yeah, I said earlier, I if think he, he was saved the season. <laughs> I, I think yeah. that, that things was, would be really problematic in the defensive backfield if they didn't have that guy. And I hope he stays healthy the whole year. Put it like exactly. Put it like this, Gary. We would be we would be up the river with no with no oars in the boat if he wasn't. Yeah, hit. I mean, you, you just can't count on Malik Young for eighty plays. Like right, and and, and like the uh, what's the brother name that came from junior college? 
forgot his uh, name. Javante um, Dean. Yeah, he's just he's Javante taking time Dean. to adjust. This is a whole another level yeah, of football like, for that kid. Exactly. And cornerback is, is like, it's a hard position to transition into. It's, it's a hard position. So, yeah, I mean, now he's, he's like second-guessing himself. He runs a 4-3, but, you know, Mike Rump said he's playing at a 4-6-4-5. He's playing at a 4-6-4-5 speed, but he's a 4-3 yep. runner. That's telling, that's telling me he's doing too much thinking out there and, and just not playing relaxed. He's thinking too much. I mean, you know, and it's a confidence thing. Maybe he just got to build his confidence up, and I have the utmost uh, confidence in Mike Rump to, to coach him up and get him where he needs to be. Um, I, I got you. So, you know, I, I'm just I, – I, honestly, I'm, I'm anticipating. I'm, I'm looking forward to Saturday. I just want to see – I just want to see the offense go out there and do what they're supposed to do, and I want to see the defense improve. I just want to see improvement overall. I want to see what Travis Homer is going to do because he's going to be called on a lot. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be called on a lot if he's going to be the second the second uh, running back behind Mark Walton. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. And, yes, he does add that. Um, like Kane Junkie said, he does add that explosion. And I know exactly what he was talking about. I don't remember the game, but I remember the play. When he hit that hole and was and like he was gone, but he fumbled. I remember that exact play. I just don't remember the game. So, Gear, you may have to do some research for us and for, uh, figure out. I what remember game the that play too. I don't remember the game. <laughs> I don't remember what game. Yeah, it was. I, 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 do re- remember, I do remember the play. And, yeah, I remember the play like it happened yesterday. Um, but you know, and Malik, uh, Malik was there. I mean, just go out there, play the game. You know. You let your playmakers do everything for you, and, and just 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 uh, take care of the ball. You know, just take care of the ball, execute the offense to the best of your ability, and I think we'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? I think we'll be fine. But that Florida State game, like what you said, in the fourth quarter against Florida State up in Tallahassee, what kind of cojones do you have if it's a if it's a close game? You know what yep. what kind of manhood do you have? How are you gonna? How are you gonna hold up in the inferno? No doubt about it. Exactly. How exactly? And do you can you look at your teammates and they look back at you and be like, "Yo, this is let's seize the moment," and they believe in you. So that, yep. I mean that 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 all plays that all plays in uh, in account. But I'm 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 looking forward to the season. I don't really got too much. I had some stuff. Oh, one more thing on recruiting. Hey, I watched I watched our tight end the other uh, last Friday night. Uh, Jordan from uh, Bishop Gorman. Yep. And he's the tooth, Gary. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt. And he, so is Mallory. He, so is Mallory. They're, they're, they're getting yeah. two great tight end prospects. So, yeah. So, at tight end, I think Kane Nation, I think, you know, we could sleep We could sleep well knowing we got two stud tight ends coming in. That's a, that is a hell of a recruiting job by Todd Hartley, man. That, that is as good as it gets. To go out of town yeah. to Jacksonville and Las Vegas and get those two dudes, that, I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that's as good of a recruiting job as I, I can remember here. I mean, that's, like, ridiculous. Hey, I, all I say, all I can say about about that position and those two guys, hey, 100% studs. That's it. They're 100% studs right there. Studs. Yep. And he did a great job. Um, and that's all I got tonight, Gary. You know, I have all right, I have black. stuff once the season starts and the game kicks. So right. keep me on hold. I want... We'll, um, we'll talk to you next week. Definitely. You'll definitely talk to me next week.
All right, that's Steve Black, always a, a great caller. Let me uh, attack one or two more of these questions that came in from the posters at canesport.com. Who's doing the punting this year? Uh, that'll be freshman J- Zach Fiegels, who edged out walk-on Jack Spicer. Spicer put up a good fight, no doubt about it. There were days on the practice field where they looked pretty close, but uh, Fiegels, I think, is a little bit better. Uh, way, way further along as a punter than he was coming out of high school, in my opinion. I watched him at the Under Armour game last December. Uh, he looked a little shaky there, but he's he's he he looks way better to me now, and um, he's ready for the job. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, will uh, Deontay Mullins break out this year? Uh, I wouldn't bet on that at all. Um, he's clearly behind Cager and Amon Richards, obviously, and Berrios, and now you've got these freshmen that you're trying to work in with all the speed and everything. I mean, I think he'll play a little bit. Um, I'm not anticipating um, a breakout season by any stretch of the imagination. He lacks consistency right now. And um, I don't know. I I just, I don't know that I would project a breakout season there. Um, It seems that Harley is ahead of Thomas. Um, Is that, does that mean he's another Coley on our hands? Is is Thomas not going hundred percent all the time? Is he lazy? Oh God, no, I wouldn't say anything along those lines. I, I think Thomas was nicked up a little bit in camp um, and that slowed him down a little bit and, and, and slowed down his progress. Uh, they're playing different spots. Uh, I think both will play a lot this year. Um, I really wouldn't say that Harley's necessarily that far ahead. Harley's starting on Saturday because Richards isn't playing. And they had to put somebody out there, and so that's the way they went. But uh, I wouldn't jump to those conclusions at all. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This Ross, Jersey. Hey, what's up, Ross? Welcome hey, back. Man, I'm glad got? I got it. Thanks, man. I'm glad I got a couple of guys came ahead of me that you had to go back and forth with, so I don't be that guy all the time. So I feel good about <laughs> That's that. That's fun going back um, and forth. Yeah, it is. It is. And a lot of those guys... And I'm, yeah, I'm not trying point. to rain on any parades or anything. I just try to keep it real. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I would love to see Mike Harley go out and be the best receiver in America this year. Hey, I have my... <laughs> that, that, that'd be great for everybody. About, but, yeah, I have my know. thoughts about that, too. And I'm going to get to that. Um, give me a little bit of time. First, I want to say, um, I haven't heard anybody said it. Maybe you said it at the beginning. I didn't catch you. Prayers, prayers for Houston. Prayers. Let's not forget about those guys in Houston, man. It's they're going through a tough time right now, and um, yeah. prayers all around. Honestly, they get goosebumps when I think about it because it could happen anywhere. It could happen anywhere. So, um, prayers for those guys. Um, I want to, you know, want to want to start by saying. Let's think about this for a minute, Gary. We're talking about playing our first game and our second game, and we got to see Florida State and coming home, Toledo. Do not forget about the Duke game. That game is going to be very tricky. That's going to be our first game on the road, meaning in conference. Duke is probably going to pull out all the stops. It's probably going to be their blackout game. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a Friday night, which is tricky again. Yep, Friday night. So we're going yep. to have, have a few things that we'll do. We'll look you gotta, good in the first You got to make that days. long walk. Got to make that long walk from the locker room. And and if you go back and you look at the games that we played them last year, 
they do have a couple of guys coming back on defense and on offense. They haven't. Either one of those quarterbacks have already played against us. Either one, whoever they whoever they put on the field, they played against us, and they had they do a lot of misdirection, a lot of. Yep. Show different things at the line. They're going to be well coached. Up regardless. Always well coached. Yes, yeah, yes, and he really likes to. He really likes to like to beat us in some way. You know, he doesn't like us because he makes these comments. You know, I noticed at halftime of our games, he's always making these comments or the pre games. He making these little silly remarks about us. So that's one coach out there that yeah, really, it'll be really I don't, like I don't to know if they're going to be able to hang athletically, but we'll see. But what I'm saying is that we cannot fool around and not be ready for that game. That first half could be tricky. It's on the road. Yep. With a quarterback, depends on how he may look. Now, if he has a bad – let's say he has a bad two games. Let's say he has a bad Florida State game. He has a bad Toledo game at home. Now we're going to be considered – it might change a little bit. I'm just saying, let's, let's not forget about Duke. That might be a tricky game. If you're looking for – if somebody got on here and said, Gary, what game that could concern you? on the schedule, otherwise in the Florida State game, of course, but everybody's going to be up to that game, I will turn to that Duke game. Of course, we have to beat Virginia Tech, and God knows I want to beat the heck out of them. But this, let's not forget about the Duke game. Very, very tricky Friday night game. Second, mm-hmm. um, D-line. Um, I'm not looking ahead. I'm just making a point. I think it's going to be really important. We talk about these guys going to the NFL. One of those two guys, McIntosh or the other guy, one of those two guys have to come back next year for us to be considered a good team, a team that would be able to stand up against LSU in that first game. Mm-hmm. I just don't think losing both of those two guys. Yeah, it'd be devastating. I agree. Yes. You, could, so, you, you, could, you might be able to survive losing one. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But one I, don't, of those I two personally guys, don't think either one is, is at the point – as we begin a new season to where they should be thinking about going to the NFL after this year. Now, if they well, have that, that be, good of a year this year and, and they're unblockable and you know, they're projected as a first round draft pick, maybe, but I, I know think... money is involved, but I think they should talk one of them. One of them got to be talked out of coming. Yeah, but man, man, money, you say money, but man, do you know what the difference is for defensive tackles? If you can get drafted in the first round as opposed to the second or third, I agree. Oh. I agree. Oh. I'm saying I'm it's playing and hoping I'm praying and hoping I want to have a good season with both of them. I want them to dominate, but I think it's priority for us to have one of those guys back. Just one. Either one. I don't care which for us to yeah, feel I agree. really, really We'll worry about that later. We'll, yeah, we'll, let's see how it goes. Okay. Sure. All right. Um, D-Block and, 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 and Junkie was talking about size, and they kind of like had me thinking about that I wanted to bring up my point, but I'm still going to bring it up. Are you concerned at all about Malik? Being a smaller quarterback, being a, we would have to move him out the pocket a lot because he, when times get shaken, he's got to rush a few passes. He can't throw that pass in the middle to the tight end because he's a little smaller. So I'm concerned about his size. I'm, I'm, he's not Charlie Ward. I mean, he's like, I love you to death. I love when he get on and he do his thing, make great points, but he's not Charlie Ward. So I'm concerned of him making certain passes out of that pocket, being at that size. I'm just being honest with you. I think he's going to do well, and I'm happy that he's a leader. He does a yeah, little we'll, talking. And he, we'll, and, we'll see if I'm he starts little, getting balls batted down or not. I don't know. He's 6'1". Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you'd prefer he'd be 6'4", 6'5", no argument, but. That's what I'm, get, that's what I'm, get, that's what I'm getting at. Also, Kasia, you, you brought up the point on a lot of our 
our players that's about to play in the next couple of games, you're saying they haven't played a game yet. Well, Keisha haven't played a game either. No. So you're saying, oh, he's a dead starter. He's a guaranteed starter. Yeah, they'll put him out there. But if he don't support, remember, he has to think about that knee. So if he doesn't have a great start, somebody's going to step in for him. True. We'll see. But I think he's going to do pretty well. You, I like it. I like it. I like it. But see, but, but, he's, Garrett, he's one of the reasons why you like receiver. him. Yeah, see, you went right to it. One of the reasons why you, you – you I think what happened with us, Gary, is that we've been so, we've been so shaky bad in certain positions and just record-wise and just look-wise and feeling good about our teams and so long last year was a blessing. I think you got a little bit on the fact that we need to look a certain way. That's like when Shannon made a mistake and said he needed to make sure he has certain no, feedback. I, I just, I just like, I like big, big physical receivers. You like so. big wide receivers. So that's yeah. why when guys come on and we have our little back and forth with you, come on, Garrett, think about this for a second. Let's go back even to last year. How many teams did we watch? Major teams that these guys are four-star guys that came in now, Thomas and Hardy are four-star guys. Ohio State, your Alabamas, your Georgias, all your all your guys that pass the ball and run the ball, they all they all have small um, wide receivers that's true freshmen that's performing. They really do. So what we're saying is we're hoping that they can do it. You're trying to show you're you're saying you're 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 throwing that down and you're saying I don't want to see that they're a little smaller. Let's wait and see, Gary. Well, those those teams could get put their players on the floor and they perform in space. We're saying that we have all we have all Americans too, and we we're looking to start performing in space. And I think you just got to listen to us a little bit. And I do also to jump around. I do remember the play. I think all of us remember that play with the running back. And I, I and, and I used to call you last year, Gary, and I used to say, why can't we have him on kick return? We're wasting this guy. We're putting nut. I love Lewis. Love him to death. Thank you for playing for us. And he had a bad break and he tore his knee up and everything. His ankle, I should say. We wasted Travis last year by not putting him on kick return or even splitting the baby a little bit on punt return, him and, and Barrios. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you, had, you had other guys doing it, but I, I think you're going to see him on kickoff returns this year. Well, what I, I, know, I know what you're saying, but what I'm saying, I think we wasted his time last year. The man I don't showed you to get down. Uh, Gary, the man showed you last year in the, middle, in the middle of the season how he could get downfield and make certain plays. Remember, we play our starters – on special teams, you remember that? Remember that tackle that um the running back made? I looked up. I was like, "Oh, who, who made that hit?" Number one, I start and running back smack the heck out of somebody. What I'm saying is that Travis was doing the same thing. So why couldn't we put him on kick return? It's not like we were so scared of he was going to need to come back somebody up. We had two backups. Why didn't we put that speed on kickoff return? I don't know. I, I, I just think it was a waste of time. I, I love Lewis. I just think that but, was a waste but he, of time. But he's, but he's on there this year. I know. I'm just trying to say this. I'm trying to, get, I'm trying to, take, I'm trying to take the size of D. Black a little bit and, 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 and junkie by saying play our guys when we should have played. And I believe that he could be a tremendous backup for us, and I think he's going to be explosive. I think he has a lot of Storm Johnson type. Storm was a little st- bigger, but he has a lot of Storm Johnson type speed. So I think once he yeah, hits we'll that see. hole, look out. That's what I'm we're just, saying. I'm just if glad he hits the hole, because all this, all this, all this rampant speculation kills me. I, I, I'm glad games are starting, and I don't really count Saturday a game to be honest with you. But I'm glad that soon enough we're gonna have Dude, real games. You shouldn't games. do that. You know why? You, I was, I wanted to talk to you about that too. You know why you shouldn't do that? 
because you're going to judge some of our players on how they play in that game. You're going to do that. Not, not so, really. I'm not going to judge much on the Bethune-Cookman game, but, but I'm just glad the games are starting so that we have real real facts and real observations. And, okay, and so are you going to judge, you're going to to judge it about. a little you're going to judge it a little bit on how we play in Arkansas State then? Or are you going to judge it a little yeah, bit on that? Yeah, I, I think Arkansas State's the start. Yeah, I mean, that's a representative. And the reason why you're saying that because that's going to be on the road and that's going to show us something, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we do and, have a couple and, things. And, and, I, and I think they're, they're a representative football team. Obviously, they're not a top 20 opponent, but, but, but that's a respectable team. Yeah, another – we or just get a payday to another. I, you know, we haven't seen them this year, but they, ha- they have been in the past. They usually put a pretty good team out on the field. Yeah, now hopefully we could get away from stop doing everybody these favors and have to play these home and home with them. This is ridiculous. We're in Miami, and we've got to keep doing this. It's time to cut that out starting next year. Yeah, I'm not year. sure, not yeah, I'm not sure that, that I would have done this deal, but I, but I, you I know think who we did the deal. But you know who did the deal from the past. You know who did the deal. Yeah. And all that's all that's going now. But my point is, let's hope we, we, we stop that. But, Gary, um, feel real good. About the upcoming season, I just think that we have a couple of things. Uh, and as far as one of our must get, one of our must get is Joby. If he if he goes in another direction, yeah, I agree. You don't want to lose him. Right now, it's looking pretty good. It's, it's, it's looking pretty good there. You, but you got to sweat these few months out. He's you know, it's up yeah, there in Connecticut God, at that prep school. That you know, you don't have the same. It's not the same as him being at Columbus down the street. So we'll see. I, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm also going to make a point in this. All right, well, that's last the reason one. Why, yeah, the reason the reason why okay, the reason why you're saying that and I'm saying that because when you look at the kid, when you look at him, he looks like a big time player that was oh, he looks like on the Sean field Taylor. and played the right. He looks, so, now, he looks so, like Sean so Taylor. Now, that's why. Yeah, and that's why you make the. That's why you have concerns about Johnson. You made the concerns about Johnson at the safety spot. I guarantee you this true freshman. Once he step on the field, you're not you're not going to have that same concern about no. him stepping on the field right away. See, I know you're big on size. Well, I, I mean, you're, you're asking a guy that's like a, he's a corner, he's, he's a cornerback size-wise, who's going to be have to, who has to hold up as a safety the entire season, and and I obviously I hope he does, but I think it's a concern. I think we have guys like Redwine and a few other guys. Don't forget, I think we have Red, some freshmen Redwine has again. Yet to play a down at safety, Ross. Yeah, but you was just telling me, Kajer is going to be good. He hasn't played a down either. So what yeah, is it going to be, Gary? Cager played what? his first year. Gary, he hasn't played anything that impressed you. I mean, not to the degree that you're hoping he does this year, but he's at least well, been at out least, on the field. At least, at least Wedwan got beat a few times and came up and made a couple of tackles. Yeah, no. Well, we'll I mean, you know, he might do great, but he's but we don't know that yet either. I he hasn't played, that the, he, he doesn't, doesn't have one the snap fair net. Not one snap, I so we don't know. But they have, we're hoping, and we trust these guys. That, and we trust these guys. They know what they're doing, correct? For the coaches? on the coaching staff, right? So, well, they had to they make, make a move. They didn't have a. They didn't have a. They, 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 they're 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 plugging. They're doing the best they can. But they also show us too. If they don't think it's going to work, they would have pulled them out of there already, and they would have put somebody over there. And they would have been talking about it already. Yeah, but they also nobody. they also show us that too. <laughs> Yeah, there, is, there is nobody unless, unless Amari Carter comes along real fast here as a freshman. I mean, Robert yeah, Knowles I, is doing okay. He's doing okay. But if if they thought Robert Knowles was a top of the line safety, 
they wouldn't have moved Redwine there and just put him in the starting lineup from day one. So you got to understand, these coaches are doing a great job. They're managing what they have. In no way, shape, or form did I ever believe, and I don't know if anybody else thought differently, but I never looked at this as a one-year rebuild for Mark Richt. I mean, there's still issues. Uh, Yeah, I I didn't didn't think so either. I I, I, I think we should definitely get nine. I would love to get 10 and pick up that 11 in the ball game. That's what I, that would be dream year. That would be right, what Ross, we're looking well, for. I think that would. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. Let me let some other people right, get one on. More, and, uh, one more. One more. One more. One more. One more. One more. I think you're 100 really right good. when you call those guys when you call those guys quitters. The guys who got out of there, I think they're all quitters and they quitted on our team. That's how I feel about it. Keep me on hold. All right, man. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Ross. As always. All right. Five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go now to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you? Doing great. Who's this? Adam. Hey, what's up, Adam? Welcome back to the show. Thanks. A uh, couple questions. One, how has Javante Dean looked? Uh, I got on the show late, and I noticed he wasn't on the – or he was lower on the depth chart. Yeah, he's been he's been struggling a little bit. He's adjusting to the speed of the game and and uh, learning the defense and things like that. Um, Mike Rumpf, somebody mentioned earlier that Mike Rumpf said that he's kind of playing. He runs four three, but he's playing at like four five four six right now. That's probably a pretty good analogy. Um, I, I think that as the season goes on, you might be able to get some things out of him. But right now, he's uh, he's struggling, and uh, they're they're moving in a little bit of a different direction here at the start of the season. Okay, a couple more uh, questions. I think the game that everyone was talking about with Homer when he hit the fumble was Florida A&M game. That was the first game of the year. Because that was really I remember the the play, I don't remember the game. Um, Yeah, I I think it was the fourth quarter of that game. Um, is the Richards injury a serious one that will also keep him out of Arkansas no, State? I don't think so. Or is this um, just I don't know. I don't know about Arkansas State yet. You know, they, they haven't gotten there. But uh, you want him on Richards 100% in Week Three, and and I think that they're yeah. just trying to make sure that that's the case. They're, you know, I, I I mean, if they were playing the national championship game Saturday, would he play? Maybe, but you know, they want to make sure that thing heals yeah. right and and is rock solid. I mean, he's too important of a player on this team. Yeah, a couple other questions. Do you think it's a good thing that Miami now see – Miami can play very vanilla the first, hopefully, two weeks, but do you think it's good that they'll see everything Florida State has to throw at because of Florida State's game versus Alabama? I don't think I don't think that's a factor. Uh, You know, Jimbo Fisher has been coaching offense for so many years. You know, I don't think he's – I don't think he's doing anything that's going to surprise anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, and, oh, okay. you know, with Miami playing Florida State every year, their, their scouting of Jimbo Fisher has got to be as good as you could scout anybody. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see that as a big factor. Yeah. Um, and a couple other questions. On the recruiting end, what happened to that D and who decommitted from Florida State? Apparently, he was high on Miami or vice versa. And the, not Patrick Joyner, um, the other kid from South Florida. Uh, Olende, did we just drop he, off with him? They dropped off him. 
yeah, he's just not. They don't feel he's good enough right now. Okay. Um, you got to remember they they got some pretty good defensive ends on the roster right now, and you don't want to. The the one thing that the staff yeah. is great is great at where previous staff failed is that they don't waste scholarships. They're, they're not looking to waste scholarships here. Like mm-hmm. they're not bringing in a bunch of guys that can't play. So if you're stacked for the next four years at the defensive end position, if you're going to bring in a defensive yeah. end, you want to bring in a defensive end that can hang with the guys you already have or is better than the guys you have. Um, you, you're not looking to just fill out the roster at that position. I mean, you see they're moving patching to tight end. They have so many defensive yeah. ends right now. So, um, yeah, yeah he, they, they just evaluated him as not quite good enough. Yeah, and speaking of DNs, how do Garvin and Johnson look? Garvin looks are they going to be factors? Are, you know, are they going to be factors this year? Uh, they could, you know, depending on how how deep they decide to go and, and what they decide the way they decide to attack it. We'll have to see. Um, I think you're definitely going to see yeah. a lot of Garvin. Uh, you know, uh, probably opposite Joe Jackson at times. I mean, um, and, you know, we'll see on DJ. I'm not uh, as, I'm not sure he's as far along right now, but uh, I think he'll play this year. I just don't know how much. Mm-hmm. No, okay. Um, well, I think that's everything I have. Thanks for taking my call, Gary, and I'll talk to you hopefully after an easy win over. Uh, but... You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, guys, we all like to eat big during the football season. And Blue Apron, longtime sponsor of Kane Sport Live, takes your diet to the next level. Now, if you don't remember, Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. And they do this by supporting a more sustainable food system, by setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs, which is what they've done in the Furman household. And uh, we've had a lot of fun with Blue Apron and, and, and uh, cooking the meals that they, that they send us. And uh, the ingredients are always perfectly portioned out. It's, it's really easy. And it makes cooking a fun group activity. And um, Blue, Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States. So as a result, their seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership, the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Their beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals, and their produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. Because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, they also are reducing food waste. And um, like I said, cooking together builds great family bonds. My wife and kids love coming in the kitchen with me, and we together throw these meals together. And the research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often than families that don't get their ingredients pre-portioned and packaged the way that Blue Apron does. They, they spend a lot of money at restaurants or high-level, high-end grocery chains. Um, and now with Blue Apron, they spend under $10 per person. For a delicious meal and uh, some upcoming meals for example the Blue Apron has are summer vegetable and egg paninis uh, soy glazed pork and rice cakes skillet vegetable chili garlic butter shrimp and corn uh, the kind of things that you wouldn't normally think of making for dinner um, when you're trying to throw together a, a quick meal in your house and that's part of what makes Blue Apron so much fun as well they're affordable you get to eat for less than $10 a person per meal. They give you great variety, new recipes, 
every single week. And like I said, the type of dishes that you wouldn't normally think of cooking yourself, they're flexible and easy. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping on top of it by going to blueapron.com slash cane. That's blueapron.com slash cane. They'll give you your first three meals free with free shipping. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash cane. Blue Apron gives you a better way to cook. All right, we've got about 45 minutes of show left, guys, so let's um, try to keep our points tight so we can get everybody on. Uh, the number is 563-999-3633, Let's go out now to the 850, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How's it going, Gary? Going good. Who's this? It's Lamar. What's up, Lamar? What you got for us? We're coming to see you in a few weeks up there in the 850, I'll tell you that. Oh, man, I'm already hearing it on Facebook, man. So much trash talk going by. With, uh, we got an army of Canes fans coming up there. Yeah, man, I need the support because right now they're going hard right now, these FSU fans. But, yeah, man, it's been good. It's been good. Um, I'm going to get right to it. Um, how do you feel about um, the tight end depth? And um, how do you feel about uh, what's the guy named Irvin, Michael Irvin? Not doing well. Not not doing well. Way too inconsistent. Um, just not yeah. developing the way that you you would want him to. Uh, yeah, I I think he's just a guy. Um, I think that that's why they asked Scott Patchen to move to tight end. They're not happy. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan I think he's not really panning out the way they hoped he would. Yeah. They're struggling at tight end. Yeah, he, he definitely got to get it together because I can see him taking a back seat after next year. Once these new two new freshmen come in and how they whole new playing, ball balling out, yep. oh, man, I, he, he might he, – we better get his act together real soon because I, I can see him getting even less time when them freshmen come in because they're, they're slim already. They ain't got – I don't see them having too much of the same struggles that he having. But they might have some struggles with, you know, pass protection, stuff like that. But, yeah, he definitely got to get it together. Um, and about um, Mike Smith, I know they got him starting that weak side now. All right, how long – you think you think he's going to be able to hold that down or you think it's just no. the same with – I think Pinkney yeah, will be the just, starter. Pinkney will be the starter. And Mike, Swift, Mike Smith will be a swing guy that plays, you know, he'll play a yeah. lot. Yeah, I mean, they've been saying he's been playing hard, though. They've been saying his He's done great. He's been, done a great job. Got himself yeah. in better shape, playing the best football of his career, which is, you know, what you would want him to be doing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think – I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him because I, I hate to see when, you know, those senior guys, you know, they, they really need that opportunity to go to the next league. And they really, it, it kind of like the talent behind them, underneath them is just better. And you can't, you don't want to be the type of person that, you know, puts, you know, seniority over, you know, what's talent and what just shows out for itself. But you want to also try to give those people enough opportunity so they can, you know, make a living for themselves on the next level if it's possible for them. 
And, yeah, I, I'm rooting for him low-key. Chalk, man, uh, the running back Chalk, man, he – you know what? I feel like we've been rooting for him for so long, and I, I really, I'm really just, I think, I think Burns when he get healthy, he gonna take that third, that third string position from him, cause I, I, I can just see that boy. He has more. It seems like he has more that flash that you know he got the potential, but he just injury prone. He's he's injury prone a whole lot, and I, yep. I think if he can. If he can sustain those injuries, he, he might be something something special in the future, but we just can't can't don't know yet until he actually gets himself together. And oh yeah, and that that thing which y'all talking about, uh with, with uh what's the sec- the second screen running back? Travis Hummer? Yeah, yeah, that was fam you. That was fam you. I yeah. remember that game. Forever. It was fair you, and it was just late in the game. We had him blow them out by that time. So, but I do see him. He's more of a contact running back. I see that he he's more of a, a explosive. He's not afraid of contact, and he I think he he does have that explosion about him. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, we I've been go, we've been going back and forth for months on him on the message boards and stuff. I'll be honest with you, I don't have an opinion at all about Travis Homer. I mean, not a, not yeah. any kind of opinion. I, I we haven't seen him do anything other than play special teams. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. you know, I, I have no opinion. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't. But I think it was just so he was so. We had three running backs that was solidified last year, so we couldn't get a, a good chance to see him because you had you know Yearby and Gus there, and they was already you know into the swing of things. So you, you we didn't have enough time to really see what he can do because we just had that depth, but I think he's going to shine this year more. He's going to shine. If he can get that ball handling, ball control thing, that's the only thing that seems like to be a hiccup with him is holding on to the ball because he always seems to make try to make that, that big play where he's trucking to somebody or he's, you know, he's an explosive guy. I see that about him. He don't mind lowering them shoulders and really, you know, Land, land the the hit to somebody, but at the same time, you got to be conscious of that of the ball. And yeah, um, moving on, Delaney, uh, not Delaney, but Dean. Yeah, I actually thought he was gonna be like, I thought he was gonna be better than the other guy. Um, the other guy. That I came didn't, in but with I thought him. he'd be a starter. Yeah, yeah, I thought he would, and then with the speed that they said he have, you know, that four three speed, but. And, yeah, I, it is. I think it's just an adjustment for Buddy. He, yeah, he's not comfortable he's yet. Come, he, 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 yeah, he's not comfortable he's in what he's doing, on. and he's not playing full speed. Yeah, I think he's gonna come on kind of like how um, um, what's the other guy number twelve? How he came on last year? He yes. kind of came on like late in the season, late like, in the year. Late. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Then he kind of got adjusted, and he just kind of flourished, and he kind of started making his own plays. He just got to yep. get that. I think once he see the competition and see every other, you know, go through a couple of games, he'll really get to the point where he, where he need to be. And as for the freshmen, the freshman wide receivers, yeah, I'm ready to see them. I'm excited. But I I'm, I kind of agree with what you're saying. They don't have enough of the just the sprint side to it as a freshman. It's hard to be – a freshman and be an All-American and all that, 
without some type of strength and you don't have the size as well. But I do see the thing of it is if they stay in the slot, a lot of time they're they're gonna be getting those free releases. And those free releases what may actually save them and being mismatched with linebackers is something that will will be something that we can actually work on unless they actually come with you know, a nickel, they, uh, the defense come with a nickel package or something like that. But other than that, I think that's going to create a great, a great like, just weapon for us just to be able to use when, whenever we want to because it, you, you got two big, big wide receivers in a mind and cager. Yep. Just having those guys to be coming and to be in the slot and rotating them, having them in motion, get them going like where they're not, they're getting their free releases. That's where I think they'll really, really, really start to to come on to and own it, get their own, you know, get the confidence into themselves. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be a, a growing. They're gonna go through some growing pains because they're just not strong enough yet. I don't. Like they, you can still see that they 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 haven't been in the weight room that long to really flourish how they would if they would had a, a year under their belt. But um, I think they they're gonna be pretty good. And another thing I want to see, even if we you know um, with Norton and um, McIntosh, if they do leave, I think we will be pretty good. I, I would love to see Thor and. And Gar- um, Garvin, I think that's in Garvin. Well, Gar- Garvin is, like is going to be an end. The, the the guy that you want to see with Ford is uh, DJ Johnson. I think he's going to be a defensive tackle eventually. You think he'll be? You yeah, think he'll he's, be too, a better, he's two seventy. He's two, he's Garvin? like two seventy right now. I think he's going to end up a tackle. Yep. Two seventy. So so he's a little heavier than Garvin. Yeah, I think he's going to end up end up as a tackle, and he's going to be a monster. Very yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. I, I can still see we, we we can work that out, but it would be great if we can keep one of those boys. We can keep one of yep. those. Northern Let's worry about that at the end of the year, though. It's way it's way too premature. Let's yeah, worry about yeah, it. it is, Let's it worry is. about it at the end but of the year. Yeah, see what happens. Garvin Garvin looks like a beast, though. I, I must say that that boy looks I love like Garvin. a beast. I liked him coming out of I, high I, school. I was jumping. I was jumping on the table telling the rivals guys, "You have this guy underrated." They wouldn't listen to me. Yeah. He is, cause they say this man got he got quickness in his feet and he has hand techniques. Yeah, and he's that's good. That he's gonna be good. He yep. even have. Yeah, I'm, I'm really. I'm, I want to see what they're gonna do about um the other um uh, what's the guy the fifth year on um, where the senior now five star on um, D, D. Chad N, Thomas. Chad Thomas. I want to see what. Yeah, I, he's been low key. He got to show up this year. I agree. Really yeah, that's that's going to be another great one to watch. Yep, no doubt. Yeah. All right, let me let some yeah, other guys I'll... get on. Give us give us a call next week, okay? All right, man. All right, man. You got it, man. Thanks, thanks as always for the call. Hey. Let's go out to the 985. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Swagger for life. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Swagger? What you got for us? I'm going to help you out a little bit with the back and forth that you had with uh, D. Black and Kane Junkie and Ross. Is that okay? Yeah. Just because, okay, those guys need to step away and others too in the Twitter world and all the rest of the social media crap, they need to step away from the high school reels. 
And what I mean by that is just because you're a four-star or a five-star stud and you're killing it at the Under Armour game doesn't mean you're going to automatically step on the field and torch a senior from Virginia Tech. Okay? I think that's the point that's trying to be made. Now, do I hope that they do? Absolutely. But I agree with you 100%. I I saw a picture of of Mike Harley the other day when they had the scrimmage at Hard Rock Stadium. This dude looks like he's 170 pounds soaking wet. Maybe. So to say that he couldn't use a year of development in the strength program, I trust our coaches to put together a strength training program for our wide receivers that doesn't take away from their speed. Okay? So yeah, Har- Harley's he 160. He's 160 pounds. Thomas, I think, is more like about 175, 180. Um, yeah. Thomas has done a lot of good weight weight room work, from what I could tell. Um, yeah. He, he yeah. really he he really has started to develop physically. But but there's but there's, but it's a bigger issue though, Gary. Cause there's there's this mentality that these freshmen are going to take us to the promised land. I think people just are excited. They're ex- people are excited. They're ho- they're hoping that they are that they can do things. You know, they're excited to, that there's that type of speed back in the program. I, but yeah. you know, you know, you know, I agree with you that you know once the rea- once the games start for real and people start game planning and they start putting athletes up at the line of scrimmage, smacking these guys around a little bit and stuff. Um, yeah. as, as soon as they have to take a hit. As soon as they have to take a couple yeah. of hits over the middle, you know, there, there, there's a whole other world coming at these guys. You know, somebody mentioned earlier the seven-on-sevens, you know, how the seven-on-sevens are proving that these kids can get out there. To me, seven-on-sevens don't mean jack. Nobody has pads on in a seven-on-seven. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're I, absolutely I mean, right. Yeah. I, you know, the first time, you know, he, you know, like you said, we'll see when the game starts, but there's, there's a bigger issue here, okay? And you, you mentioned it earlier too. Travis Homer – Gus Ed, I mean, uh, Travis Homer, Mike Harley, Jeff Thomas, okay? We don't really know what they can do. They haven't played a down yet in a real game, okay? Travis no. Homer, you know, special teams, uh, as far as it running back, and you know what we're looking for from Travis Homer this year is number two. He's got to carry a big load, okay, behind Mark Walton. He's got to be the Joe Yearby guy. Okay? Exactly. You're hoping, he, you're hoping that he'll be Joe Yearby, and, and think about all the plays that Joe Yearby made the last couple of years. Yeah, you're exactly I right. Mean, yeah. You you hit it right on the uh, on the head. I mean, he's he he's a bona fide number two back, but it gets back to my 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 bigger point. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting blasted for this all the time, Gary, and and I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna get blasted again. You see all these juniors bolting, okay? We can't have that. You know, I, I ask myself, what kind of program do we want to be? All right, if we have great freshmen and great sophomores and great juniors on the field, you know what that team does, Gary? That team goes 9-4 and four and wins the Camping World Bowl. You know, is that is that what we want to do? Is that who we want to be? Or do we want to be a, a program that wear, red shirts our studs, gives them a year in the weight room, gets them out there as red shirt juniors or, or even seniors, okay, and, you know, and compete for national titles or spots in the playoff? You know, what kind of program do we want to be? I mean, that's that's what I ask myself. Because yeah, leave, leaving to go be a sixth-round draft pick is not the way to – you can't build a program like that. That's ridiculous. I and, and I don't know if it's, if it's the social media hype machine or the street agents. Look, going to the University of Miami is prestigious, no doubt about it, to play football, given the history there, with the greatest college football program in the country. 
But it does not automatically mean that if you leave as a junior, you're getting picked up in the second or third round, you know. And on top of that, if you do get a second or third round grade by a bona fide GM, you get that NFL grade, and you're a junior, you say you're going in college. Jerry, I mean, look, the only way you leave as a junior is if you're a first round draft pick. That that's that's my opinion on it. I mean, that's that's how I feel about it. I get blasted for that all the time. I get called old fashioned. I get called it's the new college football. Look around the country, Gary. You don't see the mass exodus of players at other big time programs like you do at the num with the numbers of Miami over the past four or five years. Okay, I, I don't know why that is. Yeah, the elite guys go. Mark Walton this year. I mean, obviously he's a top ten ACC player. Yeah, he. I mean, he should go. But if you're R.J. McIntosh and you're Kendrick Norton and it's the end of the year and you get that second or third round grade, you keep your butt in school. You go get that first round grade your senior year. Yeah. I'm so I get. I just. I mean, I just get fired up about it because I get so many art. You know, everybody go get the money, the money, the second contract, the money. What's Joe Yearby doing right now? You know, Brad Kaya, his butt got saved by Al Golden. You know, what I mean, that's why he's in Detroit. I mean, he would have been drafted. It, yeah. just, it, it fires me up. It just fires me up. I mean, until until this program and Mark Rick even mentioned it in one of his in one of his uh his conferences the other day. I can't remember which one. It wasn't today, but it was when they were interviewed him out on the field. He mentioned he said, if we can keep guys here, and I think I mean you look around the country, they do it everywhere else. I mean I don't understand why we we can't do it. And if I had Linder and Adagu and all those guys in a room, I I'd, I'd, I'd rip every one of them. I'd rip every one of them because it's just – it's ridiculous. It, it is totally ridiculous. All right, you got anything else tonight? No, that's it, Gary. I appreciate you letting me say my piece. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go now to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? 678, going once, going twice. All right, next time. Let's go to the 925. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, I didn't know I was going to be on, but since I am, I'll just say thanks for uh, starting up the show again for the season. I'm excited about it, and um, I really don't have much to say other than, you know, we back, baby. We back. <laughs> All right, hold. then give us a call next week. Let's go out to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up? It's Gerald calling out of Jacksonville. Hey, what's up, Gerald? How hey, are you tonight? Um, I was calling just wanting to see what type of um, offense they were running. I keep hearing up up tempo and things like that. Or are we going after another running back also? Because I know we got two that's committed, but I think we should go after a third one because after Walter, we ain't got nothing back there. We got Homer, but the other two guys behind him, they injury prone. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. If, I, I think that they're they're planning on taking the two this year. And then my guess is they'll take two the next year. Um, I, I have not heard any talk of a third running back anywhere, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think right now, you know, right now you're looking at the two next year. Now, uh, everyone's just assuming Mark Walton's leaving, and he probably will. But you know, what if he comes yeah. back with a third, third or fourth round grade or something? Maybe he'll stay. You know, so we'll see. And offense wise, what what type of offense they running? Because I keep hearing so many different styles. Of I think he wants to go up tempo. 
I, I think you know. I, I think he's hoping that they can go a, a little up tempo. Maybe not all the time, um, but I think at least some so of the time was, he'd like to he'd like to go up tempo and kind of wear people yeah. out with some of these athletes they have. That's what I was hoping because, like, we if, if we go up to Florida State with the same base pro style offense, they already know that offense, but they struggle with teams that run that spread offense, like Louisville and uh, uh, Clemson. North Carolina, Houston, Oregon, those those teams when we come with the same offense that they easily pick apart. Yeah, we'll see. Like, I don't want to give too, yeah. you know, I don't like to give out too much schematic stuff on this show. Too much. Know, not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would be kind of, you know, violating things a little bit, so but we'll what see. About a, what about a true offensive coordinator? They're, they're not looking at anything like that. I know they can pick up that. No, because Mark Rick, when, one of the things that he decided when he decided to take the job and co- and stay in coaching was he wanted to get back to calling plays. You know, he Probably he wanted to, you know, he, he, he had gotten away <laughs> from it at Georgia, and I guess he felt like it didn't go as well as he would like, and he felt like he wanted to get back to calling plays. So he'll be calling the plays. Yeah. Uh, he lets Manny Diaz pretty much run the defense, and he's got Thomas Brown, uh, who's got who's got the offensive coordinator job by title, who helps him in different ways. I imagine in game planning and stuff. But uh, Mark Rick's going to call the plays. Oh, okay, then. So that was that was it. That's all I had. Just keep me on, keep me on hold. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on the keypad if you want to come on the show. Got a couple guys still on hold that I'll get to in a minute, and um, you still have time to get in here before we go to bed. Uh, I want to knock off uh, the remainder of the questions that came in on the message boards at canesport.com. Why is Mike Pinckney not starting? Is it a lesson, or is he really being outplayed? Um, He's suspended for the first half due to the targeting call in the second half of the bowl game. I think that's the biggest reason he's not a starter. He also was nicked up a little bit in camp. Uh, So it's all working out fine. And Mike Pinckney, I think uh, you'll see him back in the starting lineup, I would bet, by by week two. Is Michael Jackson a legitimate starting corner? who has just improved immensely from better coaching, or is he listed ahead of Young and Dean in order to just motivate those guys? Um, I think it's it, it's a combination of things. I, I think that the numbers are real tight at cornerback. They, they just don't have a lot of depth there. I think it's unrealistic to expect Malik Young to play 80 snaps in a ball game. I, I think that that would just wear him out. Um, so I think that if you can get 20 – 20 plays, 25 plays a game out of Michael Jackson, a bigger type of corner uh, who's a little bit more physical against the running game, who's a little bit better tackler right now than Young and Dean, uh, that that helps your defense get better. Um, of course, you know Michael's going to have to hold up in the passing game as well. But I think that's the strategy that they're going with to start the season. Um, you know, They're hoping that they can have that little – uh, bigger, more physical guy out there on first downs. We'll see how it goes. You know, I mean, Michael Jackson's a guy I never thought I'd see playing at Miami. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, has he improved? Yeah. I, I, I think when you talk to the coaches, they, they, they honestly say he has improved uh, quite a bit from a year ago. Um, but how well he can hold up as a starting corner or a guy that plays a third, a third to a half of the time, uh, that remains to be seen, and we'll only know that once the games get real. 
Um, has Braxton Berrios shown that this is his breakout year in order to step up to the next level? Uh, will he get a chance to showcase his talent in big games? Boy, I hope so, because this is a kid that, that really has flashed uh, good ability from the day he arrived on campus, and, and, and I think he's been a little underutilized and hasn't gotten the targets that maybe he deserves. Uh, he's a really good route runner, very reliable kid, has good hands, uh, is fast enough. Uh, I think the plan going into the season is for Braxton Berrios to be a big part of this offense. Uh, we'll just have to see if it plays out that way once the games start. But uh, I think right now Braxton is on target for a really good year this year. And um, last question, will we see John Ford? I think I mentioned that earlier in the show. Uh, yes, I, I, I do think you will. I don't know how much early since he got in so late, but I, I think there's the feeling that you got to start getting some of these big guys ready just in case Norton and McIntosh or one of them uh, do leave at the end of the year to go try the National Football League. All right, let's go back to the phones and finish off tonight's show. Let's go to the um, – see. Give me a minute here. I don't want to repeat anybody. Um, let's go back out to the 678 where you are live on Cape Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? What's up, friend? It's T-Dog. Hey, what's up, T-Dog? What you got, man? Uh, Well, a couple things – well, a few things, man. First of all, I'm so sick and tired of these blockbuster video like-minded people stuck in the 80s and 90s, bro. Okay, listen, people aren't red shirting anymore. Even Mark Rick said it on the radio. What we need to do is utilize talent when we get it. I understand in a perfect world you will have a factory full of studs and you're just sending them out every senior year to the NFL. I get that. That's a perfect world. But that's not the world that we live in today, okay? Just like everything has evolved with technology, people evolve, athletes evolve, mindsets evolve. So we need to get with the freaking program and play talent when we get talent. There is nothing wrong with playing a 170 pound receiver to run deep to stretch the field so that we can open it up so that um, our tight ends can eat in the middle. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not asking these receivers to be the whole chess board. We just need them to be a piece of our chess game, not the whole board, just a piece. All right. And then the whole thing about them leaving early. Well, let me tell you this. Just like if you win, they'll come. If you win, they'll stay. It's a whole lot easier to stay on a team that's winning championships and major bowl games than it is on a team that's 8-4 and four or 9-3. and three. So if you win, they'll come. If you win, they'll stay. What you got to say about that? I agree with you to a point. I mean, I'm a big believer in redshirt, especially when it comes to linemen. I, I, I think that that the receivers and, and, and DBs come into college a little bit more equipped to play right away. I, I, I like, you know, like, like for example, this year, I would love to see DJ Johnson redshirt. I, I just, I don't see where DJ Johnson is going to make a difference in this season. I, I really don't. But, and, um, but I, you know, I, I would redshirt. The, like, huh? the way that they play games today for me is they want to just like how the offense is, is sped up. That requires you to do a lot of rotating. Am I right? And yeah, so you want to keep they, guys But they've got four defensive ends ahead of them. So, uh, okay, you know, so I let's would, say one of those guys getting nicked up because, you know, well, then that's different. all the time. That's a different deal. Okay, so, but like, so don't you want that guy to be ready? You want him to have some playing time and be ready if he has to go in, not fresh, you know, you know hadn't seen any action all year. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I just, you know, I, I just think that upperclassmen win championships. I think, you, you know, you, you got, you, your team needs to get, get a little older sometimes. And, and 
you know, I agree with you that things have changed and that more young kids are playing, but still a believer, at, especially with the bigs, that they can benefit a lot by sitting out a year and, and just working in the weight room and getting stronger and, and more physically ready for college football. I agree with the trenches because you, you develop, you get your big man, your grown man body, the older that you get in college. I understand that. But as far as knocking these receivers, you know, knocking the, the fans who wanted to see these receivers, look, man, we've been missing speed since Dorsett left. We need speed on the team. Miami was built on speed. And I'm not asking the guy to be Andre Johnson or Dez Bryant. I'm asking him to stretch the field like Travis Benjamin, who still hasn't gained a damn ounce of pounds since he's been in the NFL. But yet Phillip Rivers just hit him for an 80 yard touchdown in, in the preseason game. And he put up big, you know, big, uh, he had big yardage in the, in, uh, in Cleveland as well. So I just need some, I need speed on this field, dude. I can't, I can't dink and dump my way in college football anymore. This isn't the eighties. We need speed on defense, speed on offense. I don't care what size they are. As long as they can make plays, you can't judge the heart of a player, man, by, by his body size, man. You got to look at that at his heart, dude. His heart is what makes him a baller, not his physique, his heart. I mean, Travis Benjamin's he's he's 5'10", 170, 175 pounds. Uh, you know, I'm 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 not sure that that's that small. I mean, I know weight wise. I mean, it, you know, he was small in college. He was he was tiny in college, and he was to me he was the FSU killer to me. Even though we may not have won every game, he 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 gave us the opportunity to win a lot of those games when he was in college, man, because he was a game breaker. He changed yep, the game, I and mean, that's what we need. We need we need uh, Harley to change the game, Thomas yep. to change the game. If it's one or two plays, it's just like on special teams. Those one or two plays can equal a win. I totally agree, and that's why I call them specialists, and that, and and that's what that is. I totally agree with you. They're, they're guys that you could you know pick spots with that can use their speed and athletic ability to 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 make a difference in a game. Totally agree with you. Yeah, and to me, you don't have to be six four. 220 to be that. I mean, you don't have to. No, you probably do to be an every big, down guy. You probably need to have that type of right. physicality but that and size and strength. That doesn't guarantee anything either. Look, look how many big guys we've had that had no heart. It didn't have the, the heart. I mean, look at Chad. He's been there forever, and people have been questioning his desire to really play. So just because you're the prototypical size doesn't guarantee you're going to produce. I want a guy who's who's hungry. I don't give a damn what size he is. He's just a player, man. Throw his ass out. Don't care if he's 17, 18, 21. Throw his ass out there and make some plays, man. It's all about that you, baby. <laughs> all right, what else you got for us tonight? Oh, that's it, man. You, you're going to see me back on the boards more often, man. Fat, cool to forever, baby. You know how we roll. All right, T-Dog, good hearing from you again. Give us a call next week. For sure. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Good season opening show. Uh, hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Canes open with Bethune-Cookman, Saturday, 1230. Should be fun. A new football season. I think this is going to be an exciting team uh, that's going to just bring a, a, a lot of great moments for you guys this, this year and a lot, of, a lot of happiness. I think they're going to win a lot of games. Uh, how, how many that final number ends up being is going to be determined by a lot of variables, a lot of variables. And I'll be writing about them on Thursday on canesport.com. We can talk about them more next week after we get to see a little bit of Canes football on Saturday. So I want to thank everybody that called in tonight. I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Blue Apron. Uh, you know the deal. They'll give you that discount. If you go to blueapron.com slash cane, you'll get your first three meals free with free shipping. Movement sunglasses, 
They're really cool. I'm telling you, go check them out. MVMT.com slash Canesport. And they'll give you 15% off with free shipping and free returns. So our sponsors are coming through to save you some money. And I want to thank uh, a new sponsor this year, the Canes fans that want to make life better for entrepreneurs at the startup.com, created by Canes fans. If you're not a Canes fan, they don't hire you. You know, so <laughs> uh, needless to say, there's a lot of Canes cheering going on at the startup.com. Um, so check them out if you're an entrepreneur and you're looking for ways to make your business better. The startup.com can help you do that. Hope everybody has a good rest of your week. We'll see you at the Hard Rock on Saturday if you can make it. And we'll be back here next Tuesday night at 8 to talk more Canes football on Canes Sport Live. Good night, everybody.